Hey, yeah, yeah. Check, check. Check one, two. I am not a podcaster. One more. Uh, I don't know any other <laughs> like famous Nixon quotes. Checkers. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to say, shows. Check, check. Hey, yeah, yeah. I am, am not a not a podcast. <laughs> that's that's a terrible Nixon. I don't know what that is. That's like that's like the sugar water guy from like Men in Black. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome to 2002 Film Odyssey, your number one source for all things 2002 cinema. But not today, because today this is a home video edition. I'm Dan, and I'm Andrew. And uh, we're back. We're back. We're back again. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a home video edition of this podcast, which is another way of saying it's not a traditional proper episode of this show. It's a bonus episode of sorts. Uh, should we give a quick rundown about what the show normally is? Sure. Like in case this is somebody's first time listening. I mean, if you're on, if you're onboarding with this episode, it's a strange one to pick. Yeah. Uh, given the uh, very hodgepodge nature of what we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, welcome. Uh, so our show is normally a uh, a long form, extremely long form. Yeah. It's an odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. yeah. It's uh, uh, And we're going through the entire film release calendar of 2002. Yes. In the original theatrical order. Yeah. We go um, release day by release day. Film by film. Film by film. Giving an episode more or less to every single uh, movie. Maybe yeah. a couple we might kind of sandwich together. Yeah. If it, if it makes sense or if it If it's a movie it. that maybe like absolutely nobody remembers. Right. Uh, we might just fit it into another. But even then we might just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even pull so. Harrison's yeah. Flowers. We did an episode about a movie called uh, Harrison's Flowers. Yeah. Which you remember. Listener, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, well, I mean, I'm sure all the diehard Harrison's Flowers fans yeah. that like listen to our episode about Harrison's Flowers are now stuck with the podcast and are continuing yeah. to listen. So, uh, I'm curious to know how many people listen to that episode. Uh, I remember it doing okay. Oh. It was not especially bad. Yeah, you know, it was fine. It was like a middle of the road download wise episode, about on par with uh, Birthday Girl. I think uh, better than listenership. Birthday Girl. Okay. Better than Birthday Girl. Maybe there's just lots of uh lots of fans of European wars yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh yeah, so that's that's what this show is. We go, you know, work through the whole theatrical release calendar and our ultimate goal is to have talked about every single movie that came out that year and rewatch it. That's right. Or watch it for the first time in some cases. Uh but the home video editions are a little different because we're not talking about movies that were released in theaters. We're talking about movies that were released on home video. Right. Yeah. You know, we, we let our hair down a little bit on these episodes. Yeah. You know? it's, 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 a, it's a more relaxed. Right. Uh, less stringent. Although mm-hmm. today, we, we got to keep ourselves on we, task. Yeah. We do we have got to, a lot to get to make it. Uh, yeah. We got to be, you know, we got to keep it tight this time gotta keep it tight so that's why we brought in yeah we got a a very special guest here with us uh well i mean he's been here many times but uh he's (laughs) probably will at whenever this is done will be the most yeah uh like the uh who hosted snl the most like alec baldwin 
I don't Probably know. not good for them. That, that's a rough one to be compared to. <laughs> <laughs> or, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who is the, the most frequent SNL host? It's probably like Dan Steve Aykroyd. Martin. Or no, Aykroyd was a... Yeah, you're, yeah, Steve Martin. I think it's Steve Martin. I'll take, I'll take Steve Martin, fellow Long Beach State alumni. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, he's the Steve Martin of this show. I'll take uh, it. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Cheaper by the dozen, you know? Yeah. That's your example? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Travis Ledbetter is here with us. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for, for back, joining Travis. us for this yeah, one, Travis. Of course. Uh, yeah, you're part of the Five Timers Club now, yeah, yeah. right? This is the fifth one you've done? Rarified Air. I believe so. Yeah. Which I is more than anybody old, else. I think yeah, you're yeah, the, the only, only one, one yeah. in the Five yeah. Timers Club. And I imagine you'll probably always just have a, a like a one-up lead over whoever's yeah. next behind you. I'm just willing to watch the most terrible movies, so that's yeah. going to be. Well, I mean, so let's let's get in. Let's kind of explain what we're we're talking about today. Because there's yeah. there's there's at least one terrible movie. I think we can uh, let the cat out of the bag there <laughs> on what we're talking about today. Uh, but but we wanted to do like a home video roundup episode. Yeah, we haven't done one of these in a little bit. It's been a minute since we've done one of these home video editions. And there there were a handful of March 2002 DVD releases that we thought, oh, that could be interesting to talk yeah. about. Mm-hmm. And so that's what uh, we're talking about today. Five yeah. different films yes five uh, movies that are more or less unrelated it's a pretty eclectic mix yep yeah uh two movies that like sound like they could be related heist and joyride uh, uh yeah but, but they're, they're not not similar right yeah. uh so heist is one mm-hmm. uh the david mamet film from 2001 yes joyride from 2001 also mm-hmm. is another mm-hmm. the uh um I don't remember the guy that directed that, but J.J. Abrams wrote it. Uh, oh, J- oh, who directed uh, Joyride? Joyride? Yeah, oh, what's that guy's name? John Dahl. John Dahl. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, who who did some other uh, stuff? Uh, I would say he did some pretty good stuff okay. in the 90s. Yeah, uh, the Red Rock West guy, right? Yes, yeah. Wed Rock West. <laughs> um, <Is> Mike Tyson? <laughs> yeah, Wed Rock West. Let's see. Uh, what else are we talking about? Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, yeah, like you said, Heist, Joyride, uh, The Replacement Killers right? 1998, The One with Jet Li mm-hmm. from 2001. From 2001. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, and Nixon. And Nixon. Yeah. Right. Three, three hour plus. Hey, Heist, Nixon, Joyride, all three of those. There's something there. There's a through line. Yeah, there's right. also the one. The one. Yeah, <laughs> the leave office. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the hey, and then uh, and then uh, the replacement killers. Yeah, that one. Killers. That one's a little harder to. Yeah, sure. I'm sure he gets people killed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we have to be the only podcast that's talked about all five of these movies in one episode, in one fluid conversation. I would bet everything I own on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a Rogan episode on all these. <laughs> what would that be like? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> hey, uh, what's 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 the guy that he always talks oh, to? Like the laptop or the like the Jamie? checker guy? Hey, yeah. Jamie. Yeah, Jamie. Oh, uh, uh, let's talk about the one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, that's that's the extent of my uh, Rogan impression. Rogan. Uh, uh, just with his huge nipples protruding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we got five <laughs> movies to talk about. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we wanted to, you know, 
keep it a little tighter than normal because we're known to go on a lot of tangents on right. the show. So I, uh, you know, I didn't write a full on outline, but I did like a little synopsis for each movie. Mm-hmm. So I could just read that before we like start talking about it. Sure. So because normally when we like get into a movie, we're like, oh yeah what's the first scene <laughs> like we it's very right yeah very we, laid back we we go through it a little more uh thoroughly leisurely. yeah well and also yeah leisurely and also thoroughly like, yes yeah, yeah like we're not going to be going scene by scene on these movies because we don't have the time to right. do that especially yeah. like nixon which is like an almost four hour movie yeah um but i mean before we get into it when i mean when you think when you think going to the movies mm-hmm you think like especially you know having like a nice movie marathon and you want you want something to drink you want something cool yeah refreshing what do you think of what's your, what's your go-to movie drink uh i mean lately it's just been uh well you know what actually it's been the uh, minute made zero sugar thing. okay all right but okay all but right. that's obviously not what you're gonna that's say. not what i'm going for so what what uh, else what oh, else would you say a coca-cola Hey, there you go. Yeah. Uh, what, what about you, Chad? Uh, in my younger days, it was definitely a cherry coke. Cherry coke, go-to. okay. Or maybe yeah. a root beer. Okay. Well, today I have a special beverage for us to taste test. It's a, it's us. not like it's not like funny or stupid or anything. It's just a, a new type of coke. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> but it is a uh, it's it's the Coca Cola Ultimate Limited Edition. That's all it says. It's I believe some dumb gamer bullshit because it's like League of Legends. Uh, branded, which mm. is like a computer game, and it thank says, you for letting me know because I, 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 I that know. was yeah. that was for you mainly. <laughs> I knew that one. I, I knew Travis yeah. would know. I'm cool. I'm hip. <laughs> uh, and it's the the flavor it says is plus XP flavored, which experience is, points. Yeah, it, which literally tells you nothing about what it actually tastes <laughs> like. That being said, this is a Coke heavy. It's not a zero. Um, okay. Normally, I'm I'm a zero guy. Um, whenever I drink soda, which is pretty infrequently these days, but, uh, I figured we could, uh, crack this bad boy and, uh, yeah, maybe do a little taste test before we get into this little, uh, podcast movie marathon. I'm up for the experience points. Let's do it. All right. So I'll, I'll hold the mic by the, uh, glasses so we can hear you pouring them in. Oh, okay. Unless you want me to pour them in. little ASMR, y'all. Yeah. Sorry to any of our listeners with misophonia. Well, that almost sounded like exaggerated. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're in a sound effects lab. I know. Oh god, we're getting a lot of this. Yeah, Dan, Dan's yeah. making them all uh, even. Yeah, so we all hate our lives evenly. <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I give myself the least. I mean, that's still pretty similar yeah. to what you gave. Actually, yeah, I think because Travis has a slightly different glass, I think yeah. he's got more than all of us. Yeah. Well. All right. Cheers. Whoever yeah. whoever likes it the most can can have the rest. Um, all right. Cheers! Here's to some cheers. terrible movies. Right. You gotta tap the table, Dan. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Can I Luddite, are you? Yeah. All right. All right. It's just All right, one, two. It's just, 
It's just Coke Ultimate Limited Edition. Um, doesn't really taste. Tastes like Coca Cola, right? Yeah, it tastes like it anything tastes else. Like Coke. Does it taste a, different. Hold on, let me. There is a there is a different finish to it. It's been a while since I've had a regular Coke, so it's hard right. to tell. It's almost like citrusy. Yeah, it's not as uh, bold. Or hold on, let me take it. Kind of tastes like a stale Coke to me. Like if you just let the carbonation go a little bit. I think it tastes pretty decent though. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, not terrible. It's it's definitely a little. It's got like orange or something in there. Some kind of like kind of fruity aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's hard for Coke to innovate too yeah. much at this point because like any any innovation is probably something you can get at a Coke freestyle machine yeah. now. Yeah. You know. If you really wanted to, it'd just be like, oh, yeah, raspberry Coke or whatever. Right. Which you can just go get at a movie theater right now. I think they have those, like, Coca-Cola factories. They they have one mm-hmm. in Epcot, but they have, like, where all the weird ones from around the world. Yeah. And 90% of them are gross. <laughs> That's what I've like, heard. Who sells these? I'd love to go to the World of Coke in Atlanta, I think it okay. is. Yeah, and they, they have all that international Coke stuff there. Yeah, it's... um. It's 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 an interest. It's it's all right. It's yeah, all right. I don't dislike it actually. I, going for another. Second. I wish, personally, as someone who's gotten used to like Coke Zero or Diet Coke, mm-hmm. I wish it there there was a variant. Like, cause yeah. I'm not used to the full sugar yeah, version of yeah. Coke anymore. Uh, actually, I just realized what it. I think it to me it tastes like. It tastes like. Regular Coke, but the aftertaste tastes like Diet Coke. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I, I definitely get more fruitiness than that. Um, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, while we start this show, I'm gonna do a quick Google and see if anyone has like kind of discerned what yeah. it actually is, um, because I am curious. The bottle offers basically no information on it. Are we able to purchase like new outfits or hairstyles now that we have extra XP? Yeah. 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 <laughs> some skins. Or I'm going to do some stupid Fortnite dance. I'm kind of following what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. A- Anders doesn't play video games at all since, uh, I don't know, what, Mario Kart on uh, N64? Probably the From from Russia with Love uh, PS3 Oh, wow. Game. Yeah, that, that was a not good game. No, I mean, yeah. No, no it wasn't, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, they're, I don't know how they did GoldenEye and then bombed all the games after. Yeah. Because I got like, I think it was they had a PS4 one that they tried and it was just unplayable. Was it like a GoldenEye? Yeah, I think it was like a GoldenEye re- reboot. Okay. But yeah, it was really bad. Like, I was super stoked on it. I got, like, the, like, PlayStation Move gun thing, and it was yeah. just unplayable. I remember that game, yeah. yeah. I think we've talked about doing a video game episode, a 2002 video game episode. I'm sure we'll do yeah. one at some point. Yeah. I mean, Play the uh, Grand Turismo Grand one. The, Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out in 2002, oh, so there's, the there's some heavy hitters in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no clear consensus on what the flavor is because Coke's not saying. Um, this this article said people thought all over the place from coffee and mango to pineapple, peach, banana cream. 
the person who wrote this particular blog said lightly tropical, almost floral, hmm. which is kind of what I get. Uh, and then on first sip, the sense an almost cherry cinnamon vibe. Um, kind of like Dr. Pepper almost. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It does have a little Dr. Pepper to it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. I'm gonna it's say not it's... Coke and Diet Coke. <laughs> okay, but that's it's got all the sugar of regular Coke then. Because I looked at the bottle and I laughed out loud when I saw the, the daily. Uh, there's another review. Mellow citrus peachy flavor. Just a little bit. Someone said it tastes like Coke mixed with Hawaiian punch. I don't think so. I didn't get that. That'd be a lot of sugar. That'd be a whole lot of sugar. Yeah, yeah. You could make that if you want to. Tropical fruit blend. So most people tend to lean towards tropical yeah. flavor. Well, all right. Let's let's really let's, get into uh, it. Yeah, properly let's get now. down to it. This is uh, our home video edition, our fully loaded home video edition. Five mm-hmm. movies we got to talk about. Uh, uh, like I said, I have a little outline here, and I'm gonna read a synopsis for each film, so it goes a little quicker. Um, and I'm going to go in order of when they were released on home video. Sure. So we're going to start off with The One, which is a sci-fi action film starring Jet Li, directed by James Wong, written by Glenn Morgan, released in theaters on November 2nd, 2001, and on home video on March 5th, 2002. Mm-hmm. Taking place in a universe where interdimensional travel is possible, The film follows a rogue multiverse agent who travels to parallel realities in order to kill other versions of himself in an attempt to become a mythical super being known as the One. Yep. Yep. Great synopsis. Yeah, uh, I'd say that more or less nails it. Yeah. And uh, what's the next movie on our list? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That covers Uh, it. Yeah, so that's, that's the One. Uh... Did, oh, hold on. Yeah. Let me set our timer because we're trying to keep this tight. Yeah. Get it right. Get it tight. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this movie's awful. <laughs> um, so if anyone, anyone out there, please do not watch it. Yeah. As of this record, it's currently on Netflix. So it's fairly accessible for uh, a lot of people. Yeah. And I still wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> uh, and I don't know. It made me laugh a few times. Yeah. It's really dumb. Yeah. Like uh, extremely dumb. Yeah. Just to, since you said it's on Netflix, I just want to say that we're recording this on August 9th, 2023. Yep. So at that point in time, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's extremely dumb. Yeah. Um, Not in a way I don't at least a little bit appreciate, though. Yeah, I mean, it does have a little bit of that time capsule element to it. The soundtrack, you mean? Uh, the so- I mean, the sound. <laughs> The needle drops are very funny. Yeah. yeah. Because not only are they like like the dumbest songs, yeah. they're like the biggest hits and the dumbest songs and they're at like they have like very funny cuts yes. like when the songs start exactly. like, like I know the... exactly which one you're going to say. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The the disturbed song down with the sickness, yeah. the ooh ah 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 when the like, rat explodes. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, the one where he's in the car with the radio, where he's like, I was just liking this song or whatever. I, I finally found something I liked in this universe, <laughs> yeah. and it's some, like, I, thi- I don't, I, uh, I think that was a, a second Drowning Pool I think it's song. Drowning yeah. Pool, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the soundtrack for this movie had, at the time, I thought, like, the worst songs I've ever heard, <laughs> which I still kind of think, but... It's, I guess, a little more charming now to hear those songs. I mean, new metal is back. So. I mean, you don't yeah. play Let the Body Sit the Floor at, like, weddings <laughs> and proms and stuff? Uh, I can't say I have yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, those... Uh, it, it is funny that they got all the hits. Like, all the new metal yeah, hits. Yeah, I mean, they got... Down with the sickness. They mm-hmm. got Bodies by Drowning Pool and yeah. then Last Resort by Papa Roach. Yeah. Those are like the th- three of the biggest songs right. from that time period. And they got a couple songs from each uh artist. Like they got a couple Papa Roach. It's two Papa Roach, two two uh Drowning Pool songs, only yeah. the one Disturbed if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um I think that's where the whole budget went. Could be. <laughs> I, I mean so here's a little little backstory on the one I guess for you. I saw this movie at a test screening before it came out, so it didn't have it didn't have the music in it. So I didn't I didn't see this movie with the music in it. Probably till DVD. Yeah. I don't think I went and saw it in theaters because I had already seen it a few months yeah. before or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember too much about the experience like about any of the specifics like i don't remember what the test temp music was mm-hmm. um i do remember thinking it was cool yeah but granted this was you know the ninth summer grade, the yeah. summer before ninth grade oh, when yeah. i saw it so you know i mean i was a dork i mean as we all were yeah. it was a it was a pre-9-11 i saw the one pre-9-11 yeah you all saw the saw the one post nine eleven. The whole new world. It was a different time. Cause, uh, yeah, I saw it opening weekend with uh, our friend Brian Gallagher. I don't think you were there, Travis. No, I, I think I, it was just me and Brian. Uh, I saw it another time. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if you saw it for the first time. Now, no, no, okay. I'd seen it before. Unfortunately, yeah, it's pretty pretty bad, pretty yeah. terrible. Uh, the the fight scenes look like garbage too. Yes. Yeah. Like it's they're a straight major very off. CGI, yeah, and it's yeah. a lot of like bad Matrix, like yeah. slow mo shit. Um, that was the very first thing I put in my notes. This is also the first time I took notes for this show. Really? Well, yeah. you know, a lot to get to. So. This is my first time noteless. <laughs> I normally have notes, everyone. Yeah, it's nice to be free of yeah. free of the notepad. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is. This was Jet Li's, like, Matrix. Yeah. I mean, it's called The One. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, it has the soundtrack that it has. It's got him dodging bullets in slow-mo. And it does that uh, thing where he's moving in regular motion and everything else is moving in slow motion. Kind of like Quicksilver in the uh, X-Men movies. Uh, I was thinking of the Kevin Bacon bicycle movie and was very confused for a second. Um, very funny when he like turns on his, his boosters turbo or whatever. Oh, turbo. Yeah. 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 He runs and really that, fast. And that cop is like, holy shit, he's doing 50. Yeah. I laughed out loud when <laughs> yeah. that moment happened. They're on the Nas. 
And yeah, I mean, it's like that. It's like the fucking Fast and the Furious scenes. And then he like jumps up that fucking street light. Yeah. Man, this movie's dumb as dog shit. Yeah, I think of all the bad special effects in this movie, the worst is probably the the turbo mode, like him running super fast down the street. Or when they get uh, sucked into, you know, the other dimensions, like where they kind of <laughs> yeah, disintegrate. And, yeah. Yeah, that looks really bad also. Special effects don't look good. No. Uh, I mean, they all look bad, especially like when... When they're on that like prison planet at the end of the movie too, yeah, that looks that, real corny. Oh yeah, that looks like uh, Stygian uh, penal colony. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And they do like a a slow uh, back like pan back, yeah. so you can see the whole thing. Yeah, like, like, oh, like, really taking a lot of time to show me something that looks awful. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and they're like panning back and out, like yeah, like it's setting up like a sequel or something almost or like oh this is this universe Mm -hmm. check all this shit out right the one two would they call it the one two what would the sequel be called the second the two Uh, yeah the two those are all good options yeah i mean if you didn't want it to sound silly you'd probably have to call it the one part two but that would be missing out on a lot of opportunities for fun or two wordplay the 12 yeah we also, uh, uh, we got Statham with hair in this movie. Yeah. Hair and the bizarre half attempt at an accent. Yeah. 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 Statham plays one of the multiverse agents that's after the rogue, the bad jelly. With his partner, Delroy Lindo. Delroy Lindo, who's in another movie that we're going to talk about on this episode. Yeah. He's also in another Jet Li movie, a, a vastly superior Jet Li movie. Oh, of yeah. course. Romeo yeah. Must Die. Yeah. It's a big Delroy time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it really is because, like, Gone in sixty Seconds is right around this time too. Yeah, yeah. Delroy Lindo was in a ton of movies around this time. Yeah, late nineties, and he was awesome. Like yeah. he's yeah, he's yeah. good even in this movie, which is a shit movie. Yeah, I mean, even he's not he's, doing anything really. No. but like, and he's got some odd scenes in this movie, like yeah. when he shows up in the other universe as the gas station attendant. Oh yeah, <laughs> and. and uh, Statham is like talking to him as if he's like still his friend right. or partner. Weird, odd scene. Yeah, I don't understand the fights in these ones because like Delroy and Statham like put up a decent fight against Jet Li, but they don't seem to have any powers. Oh, well, maybe maybe they've already uh, killed all of their uh, their other multiverse ones. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that one has absorbed still all alive. their power. But yeah, yeah. like they're they're moving slow, but he's supposed to be like ten speed. And he's still having trouble with them. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, the, the Jet Lees, the one and, you know, the other, you know, the last two remaining Jet Lees, they can break telephone poles with just one little kick and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Delroy Lindo and Statham seem to, like, keep up. With, yeah. Yeah. With no powers. Right. Yeah. yeah and, like. Delroy Lindo crashes that like SUV into the bad Jetly. Yeah. At one point and like knocks him out cold. Like you would think if he could like break like metal bend metal bars with like a punch or a yeah. kick, like like I don't know, being hit by an SUV that's going like a max of like twenty miles an hour because he just drives it out of a garage. Mm-hmm. Like he's got no he's got no like 
time to build up speed. Um, like what? That wouldn't do anything to him. I feel like it would have been like more effective if he like dented the car mm-hmm. and then just stood there like looking at him and you're like, holy shit, this guy is powerful. I mean, granted, that would be stupid, just like everything yeah. else in this movie, but like, but at least you would be like, oh wow, this guy's actually really powerful. How are they ever gonna take him down? And then they just like arrest him, and then yeah. he, you know he gets out of it eventually, mm-hmm. but like still they arrest him. Yeah, the the SUV. That's the scene where. Uh, the evil Jet Li's driving and he's flipping through the radio stations to find a, a song no, he likes. No, that's the... Uh, well, maybe maybe it's that... Yeah, because yeah. that's where no, Del Roy Lindo pops up from the back seat. No, 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 no. The SUV scene is when they initially... It's the cart when he's like running from the cops and then they go, eventually go into like that person's backyard and then oh, stay yeah, yeah. the multiverse cops show up and the like regular cops are like, Well who are these two guys now? Yeah, that's and right. then and then like Del Orlando disappears for like a minute or whatever and yeah. Statham's like, well, where'd you go? or whatever. Uh-huh. I was gonna try and do a Statham voice, but I won't. <laughs> um and and then all of a sudden Where'd you where'd you go? <laughs> yeah, In this movie pretty it's, good. Yeah. It's an odd it's, it's yeah. weird, yeah. And then all of a sudden Del Orlando just like drives through the uh the garage door yeah. and quip yeah. says it has a quip and then <laughs> knocks gently out and then they like zorp back to their their other their uh, other realm yeah uh but that that scene where gently is flipping through the radio stations uh in the car is pretty good like he doesn't because mm-hmm. you know he flips to a station where they're playing like some doo-wop and then some classic rock and some country but no he's got to hear drowning pool <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's how you know he's like the edgy bad guy he got to right. k-rock yeah. yeah why uh why why would his so let's let's break this down a little bit yeah in the other uh uh like universe uh-huh. is new metal also popping at the same time uh, because be. he he's like oh i finally found something i liked in this universe yeah. once he settles on the yeah. the the new metal station but so like is that is the... new metal just happening dimension like across all the different dimensions at this exact moment in time maybe like, that's classical music in his dimension and he's a big classical music <laughs> ah, guy okay so so new metal is like what he was raised yeah. on yeah or whatever. it was like bach or something yeah but... yeah <laughs> or is that is that drowning pool in that dimension or is that a different band in I'm, his dimension so he makes it sound like he just liked the sound of it yeah, not yeah like yeah. oh i know this yeah so he's like oh this is my so i think it's just reminiscent of something he yeah. likes in his universe i can also guarantee you this much thought was not put in oh to no not r- at all. No. writing that scene <laughs> no way no. they wrote this on a napkin yeah <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, it does make an attempt, I guess, to, uh, show you how things are, like, slightly different from universe to universe. The, you know, the most obvious thing being the, who's the president of the United States. Yeah, yeah, like, President Al Gore. Yeah. And then I liked when, like, President Bush has outlined his steps for 
universal health care yeah. and i just i was like fuck you <laughs> fuck you all uh, but i did think when in the the first chase scene at the beginning of the movie when jet lee's running away from the cops the evil jet lee uh, you can see a billboard for the movie One Night at McCool's. In the oh, background. I noticed. I noticed it <laughs> yeah, after yeah. you had, you you had mentioned that the, the other day. Yeah, the one thing I've remembered about this movie for twenty plus years is that there's a billboard for One Night at McCool's in the background. <laughs> the, the One Night at McCool's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's obviously our universe because One Night at McCool's came out in our universe yeah it's true what if what if it came out in all universes yeah, I mean, what if, what if it's like a completely different movie in other it's like schindler's list or something yeah but. well it's very strange that apparently carlo gugino and jet Li are destined to end up together in every single universe right like because evil jet Li is also with evil carla gugino yeah. in in their universe because yeah. she's the one that shows up at his uh not his execution but the scene where he's going to be transferred to the penal colony and she i don't i did not put that together until right now oh really no yeah, yeah. her, that, that's her outfit the, the evil jet Li's girlfriend yeah. and she's helping him escape by you know yeah. unleashing a rat with a bomb attached to it <laughs> yeah blows up science and, and starts yeah. playing disturbed and then yeah. disturbed starts playing which is could be the best part of the movie yeah, <laughs> yeah oh it's <laughs> definitely the best part of the movie uh i mean so does that mean in all these other universes where jet Li has already killed off the uh-huh. other jet Lees, are there like grieving carla gugino's there must be so is there like a carla gugino that's like grieving the loss of like Jet Li with dreadlocks. Yeah. Like when they show all those different <laughs> yeah. Jet Lees. Like, like Swedish Jet Li. Blonde Jet Li. Yeah. yeah. Maybe What's he, a weird one. Maybe he kills her and the other ones. So that oh, one yes. develops like Willard powers to control rats. Maybe. <laughs> oh, so maybe? she's yeah. becoming more powerful as well. Yeah. Yeah. I Why mean, not? that's actually not a bad take. Yeah. She obviously can control the rats. Yeah. Um, but I was I was also thinking when the movie ended that it's kind of a bummer how things ended in Jet Li's original universe. Like everybody thinks Jet Li murdered his wife. They talk about that. They're like, "Oh, he can't go home." Yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah. So they have to send him to uh, that colorful universe, right? Where he oh well, they send him like. Don't they send him like back in time or something, or do they just send and him to some that's other? What I, I thought, thought it was back in time. but obviously you, it's not like time travel. It's just alternate universes. So it's just a universe. I'm assuming where they she don't know each other. Met him yet? Yeah. But so does that? No, I guess there wouldn't be another Jet Li running around that universe because that universe's Jet Li is already dead. Yeah. He's, right. Yeah, because evil Jet Li has killed very clever all the Jet Lis. Yeah. Yeah, like, what if he killed that Jet Li after she met him? She's like, oh, my God, he's back. It's a zombie. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, like, she She, she had met Yeah, him, she's yeah. the widow of Jet Li, yeah. and now Jet Li's back. Uh, yeah. Here, here's a question I had that I'm sure got answered in one of Statham's, like, exposition scenes. But is, uh, is everybody aware that interdimensional travel is a thing or in some of these realities do they not know about it i think they they definitely don't know about it in in 
good Jet Li's universe, like our right. ostensibly our the one in McCool's universe. Yeah, right. The one night in McCool's verse. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, because it. Oh, they do say that at the end that it that his universe is not like developed in, in quotes like sanctioned or whatever. Like they don't know about it. Yeah, I wasn't sure if like every universe was aware of it or not. But again, I feel like we're putting more thought to this than the screenwriters. Yeah. This is a very stoner talk for <laughs> guys that don't smoke watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a terrible uh, movie. A really dumb movie. Uh, and the other question I had, which if I paid closer attention, I could probably answer, but is the mythology of the one, is that something that uh, that everybody knows about? Like, is that like something they know for sure will happen that if one person kills off all their their other universe selves they will become the one like is that like a proven thing or is that something that is just talked about and might happen uh i mean they seem to have cuz there's idea. never a scene where like Delroy Lindo or Statham is like, oh, that's not really going to happen. Like, that's just no. They hogwash. seem they seem to know it because they're not allowed to kill yeah. Jet Li, the bad Jet Li. That's right. Yeah, that's so right. So they have to arrest him because they're not allowed to leave only one. I thought yeah. they had a scene where they said it was either that or the like, universe would explode or something like that. Yeah, I think Jet, the good Jet Li was concerned about that, right? Yeah, like they weren't positive that yeah. it would work, right? But yeah this is stupid what if <laughs> what if like bad jet Li, i thought about this like what if bad jet Li, who immediately starts a fight once he gets to the penal colony where he's like uh where he's like i am no one's bitch yeah i am you law yeah or whatever what if what if since he starts fighting every fucking prisoner in this like prison planet what if he dies there. And then the other Jet Li becomes the one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they should protect him even you at would, the penal yeah, colony. I think so, right? In solitary at the but penal colony. They just let him loose and yeah. he's got... He's just, just, coming he's just on that fucking, like, mountain. Yeah. <laughs> like, metal mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Last resort. And he just immediately is like, I am no one's bitch. <laughs> I am you law. And then the one guy's like, you got a pretty mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He watched the new guy. You got to fight the... <laughs> <laughs> it's a reference to uh, a movie that most people don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to cover on this show. That's, yeah, that's pretty there. much this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, How are we doing on time? Yeah, Should we, we wrap up our thoughts? Four and a half minutes left. Jesus. Talk about the one. <laughs> All right, let's 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 wrap it up with our uh, final thoughts on the one. Yeah. Uh, it's so the one is very silly. Bad special effects across the board. Uh, even the like the trailer moment, which I remember being the scene where. Jet Li, the bad Jet Li, picks up the two motorcycles and slams them together. Looks really bad and stupid in this movie. Uh, very bad soundtrack. Embarrassing Statham performance. Uh, I'm going to go D- minus on this. The only reason it doesn't get an F is because it's 
short enough and <laughs> it's yeah. pretty short yeah. it's like 87 minutes right uh yeah it's not even uh, 90 and it makes me think of a simpler time <laughs> yeah that it does uh I'll, I'll i would also go d minus here i i can't quite give it an f yeah even i though mean it's probably like dumb enough to yeah. deserve one you got lindo delroy yeah doing... lindo i mean listen he's he's just a, a rock rock solid performer mm-hmm. you know what you're gonna get from him uh it's it sucks it's pretty stupid action's not good i mean especially especially uh um embarrassing considering like what are you even making this movie with jet lee for yeah, you could have done so much fight effects. scenes like that with anybody. You get what I'm. You get what I'm saying. Like it's it's a waste of his talent to put yeah. him in something like this. And and this is truly probably the the worst era of special effects. It's like bad. The, right around this time period, yeah, you know, because it's yeah. a lot of CGI and it's not good CGI for the most part. Yeah. Um, like I mean, this is like Mummy Returns scorpion king level stuff and that's that i mean that's the scorpion king in the mummy returns is probably the worst cgi that's probably ever been in a movie probably uh at least a major studio movie yeah yeah Uh, from universal studios yeah and so this is above that but i mean top to bottom it's all it's all pretty bad uh that being said it's short and i i laughed a few yeah. times like I, I i didn't it wasn't like i was bored really yeah. watching this movie which is there's something to be said for that i i had a good enough time but it, it does suck though makes me remember the time that it came out kind of fondly mm-hmm. yeah uh i mean delroy was probably one of the highlights of this movie and just the terrible music choices made me laugh so this is like an unintentional comedy i guess but i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go f <laughs> um right. yeah uh I, if it was any longer, it'd be an F minus. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, mercifully. Sure. If this were yeah. a two-hour movie, it would be tough. Yeah. to get through. <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, even then, like if I have to split up an eighty-hour movie to make it through, like I watched half, then half, it says something. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's a terrible movie. I don't recommend anyone watch it unless you had like a head injury or something yeah you'll feel like you had a head injury yeah. watching this movie uh i mean i the needle drops alone i think are pretty funny yeah it's yeah. worth watching for just exactly when and how those songs are played in this in this movie is yeah pretty funny stuff. probably on youtube i would guess yeah, yeah yeah you can you can probably actually like not you know not watch the entire thing <laughs> yeah uh, one thing I want to bring up because we got forty seconds left. Uh, one uh, odd uh, cameo from Mark Borchard, the American movie guy. Yeah, I noticed the, that. Uh, I noticed that right away. The mortician, like, or not the mortician, but the uh, the body examiner at the hospital. Yeah, uh, I was like, why is he in this movie, and why are they talking about uh, porn uh, mm-hmm. while they're examining a body? I noticed that right away. I was like, hey, that's the American movie guy. And I looked him up, and sure enough, that's him. Yeah. I I, I noticed him right away. I was like, hey, it's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't do a lot of acting. Acts a little bit in real low-budget stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the timer. All right. All right. I guess we'll... I'll leave the timer on the, the... 
the recording. I was going like, to sure. yeah. edit it out somehow, but I'll, I'll leave it in there. All right. So we're, uh, we're done talking about the one, so we'll move on to the next film. All right. The next movie on the docket is The Replacement Killers. Action okay. film starring Chow Yun-Fat and Mira Sorvino, the directorial debut of Antoine Fuqua, written by a guy named Ken Sanzel, who wrote 18 episodes of the CBS show Numbers. Cool. Uh, <laughs> it was released in theaters on February 6th, 1998. It had a bare-bones DVD release on July 1st, 1998, but had a special edition DVD released on March 5th, 2002 uh quick synopsis after refusing to complete an assignment a professional assassin finds himself being targeted by the crime boss who hired him for the job i feel like there's maybe more to it than that but that's pretty much it i mean that's the general i didn't include the stuff about mira sorvino like the documents forger but we can talk about that uh yeah so this was the we watched this about a week ago, and it was my first time seeing this movie. Yeah, same. Uh, Travis, you were the only one of us that had seen this movie before. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I was a big martial. Art, I'm still a big like martial arts movie fan. So, Chow Young Fat, yeah. and uh, I mean, I like Fuqua now. So, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, Antoine Fuqua is a perfectly serviceable director. I think. Yeah, I I wouldn't say like I think he's like a good director but i think he's like a fine director i wouldn't say he's made a lot of great stuff he, he's he or even does what he does good like, stuff yeah yeah like it's a fun action movie like that's what he does uh, like this actually might be like up there with my favorite of his like training day is probably number one just by default but this i'd say is up there maybe even number two he did the equalizers right he did equalize. He did. Yeah. Equalize. yeah, I've yeah. not seen those movies. My dad likes those. Movies. Oh yeah, they're good. You should you should check them out. It's just like a slightly less good Jack Reacher. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's about about what I would expect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Training Day is probably the. the I'd, best I'd say that's the one. Well. Yeah. He did the Terminalist show, which was good. Yeah. Um. Um. I actually did like kind of have a good time with. Uh, Olympus has fallen. Okay, yeah, yeah. None of yeah. The, the sequels, though. <laughs> oh, are you sure not the third one? That you know, Travis actually, and I saw in theaters I'll walk, together. Ugh. I'll walk that back. I never saw the third one with good for you, Nick Nolte, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's bad. It's definitely yeah. bad. Uh, but I mean, it's not unwatchable. I'll but I, I did see the second one, which was, I believe, London has fallen. Yeah, and that's an f film yeah <laughs> that's a really bad movie and I he thought. just gave uh, the one a d minus so that says a lot i'd rather watch the one than that movie <laughs> yeah. um but uh yeah so fuqua did this movie the replacement killers uh i want to say he did music videos before this or commercials i think we looked it up and it yeah. was music videos yeah, that's right yeah um because we were wondering like well, how did he get this movie as his first movie? Yeah, it's not like this is like an indie movie or yeah. you know, small production or whatever. Like pretty like big or like mid budget action. Yeah. yeah, and like Chow Yun Fat was like Hong Kong a Hong Kong legend yeah. at this time. Uh-huh. You know, and like like why why is he making his first American movie with 
Antoine Fuqua of all people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he did he did a bunch of music videos. They're all yeah. credited. He did the Gangsters Paradise video. We did talk about yeah. that. That's right. Yeah, he yeah. did Gangsters Paradise. Uh, but yeah, th- this was like uh, the replacement killers was obviously like a a nod to like the golden age of Hong Kong cinema and like the whole like all the heroic bloodshed movies like the killer and hard-boiled and stuff like that like a lot of john woo stuff yeah and john woo i think even has a production credit on i this. think he's a producer yeah 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 um it feels like a movie that john woo should have just made yeah <laughs> uh or should have like you should have just got john woo to make an mm-hmm. english language movie with chow yun fat and right. it probably would have been better than this movie i mean i think this movie's fine yeah it's I, not i had great. a decent time with it uh I, I think my big complaint would be that i feel like not a whole lot happens in the movie like it's another one that's pretty short like it's 80 or 90 minutes long uh there's like a couple you know set pieces a couple shootouts but i feel like there's not a whole lot going on in the movie yeah so i think he gets paid by the triads to kill yeah michael rooker's son right and he doesn't do it um and then the triads try to kill him he needs to get out of town so he gets a forger who's mira sorvino yeah and then they just kind of they have to kind they of have, team up they have to, to team up to kill the survive. triad yeah, yeah. because the triad uh boss is gonna ha- kill them yeah has already hired re- the titular replacement killers yeah. by Dra- Dan- uh, played by danny treo treo and, and- Till Schweiger, yeah, yeah, which very strange that those two guys are the <laughs> like for years. If you had asked who are the replacement killers based on the poster, <laughs> I would have been like, well, clearly it's Mira Sorvino and Chow Yun Fat, right? Yeah. They're the replacement killers. They're the people on the poster, right? And it's not. It's about them running away from the replacement killers yeah. who are Danny Trejo and Till Schweiger. Do they even talk in the movie? I yeah. they maybe have a couple lines. Okay, couple. yeah, because I just feel like they just like yeah. stared yeah. a lot. Yeah, uh, I might. I don't. I don't know if I'd ever watch this movie again. Maybe maybe if I saw like the Blu-ray or if, I don't know if it would ever come out on 4K. But if it ever if I saw it on sale, maybe I'd pick it up. I think if I saw this movie in. 1999 2000 2001 this you know rough age range range. yeah and it was a movie that was on like tnt or cable a lot it's probably a movie i would have watched a lot yeah yeah uh like if i had any reason to stop on it or whatever yeah um but having seen it for the first and only time as like a 35 year old (laughs) yeah with infinite amounts of movies to watch Mm -hmm. uh i yeah, I probably won't yeah. watch this movie again. Yeah, I also like have no idea how I like never saw this movie. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's very one of those odd. one yeah. of those movies that's like in all of our like sweet spot, especially for that time period. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now at this point, yeah, we've we definitely like uh, know all the movies that it's kind of borrowing from and things like that so we know like oh this is just a ripoff of this scene or this scene from this hong kong movie Mm -hmm. uh but 
even so, you know, I had a decent enough time with it. Yeah, yeah it's fine. It's a fun watch. Yeah. I, I was a sucker for packaging because uh, the Blu-ray came out with the uh, retro VHS yeah. covers. So I was like, oh, I'll pick it up. Those are, those are fun. And I think it was like $8. So. Uh, now, okay, so here's the thought exercise for you uh-huh. guys. Another one from, uh, like, the one. Uh, this movie came out in 1998. Yes. Correct? Yeah. See. Uh, so, I think the goal, probably, whenever they first started production on this movie, like, when it first was conceived, mm-hmm. would have been for John Woo to direct it. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on what the movie like set pieces look like and the fact that he has an executive producer credit and stars chai and fat obviously that they probably wanted that mm-hmm. so in 1997 john woo directed face off mm-hmm. yeah. you think was face off a hit yeah yeah it was a hit right yeah yeah. So, yeah yeah like it did well enough so john woo probably had the clout do whatever he would have. Mm-hmm. You would think he would have had the clout to do whatever he would have wanted. A yeah. blank check, one maybe. Would he, say? He, <laughs> right, and not to not to <laughs> you know hop on another movie podcast turf, but like, did he just not want to do this movie? Did he not want to direct? I would think he was probably busy. Maybe he had something else to do because, yeah, because Face Off was his third American film, right? Mm-hmm. So he did Hard Target. Broken Arrow, Face Off. Three bangers. That were all, I think, pretty, like, more or less financially successful. Uh, was Broken Arrow? I would think Broken Arrow was a hit. Or yeah. At I, least a yeah. mild hit. Sure, I, it made I, its I, money. I can't say that definitively. because I think looking. you just like Broken Arrow. <laughs> I do like Broken Arrow. <laughs> uh, Broken Arrow was... Um, a hit, right? Yeah, it did all right. Yeah. Not, I, it's not a huge hit, but it cleared... Yeah, and it did it did well uh, internationally. It yeah. made it made more money internationally than it did here, mm. probably because of the John Woo name. I would assume. Yeah, I feel like John Woo probably had a lot of irons in the fire, and like I mean, he we maybe know what had he a... did in two thousand. Well, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah. It's like so two thousand. He does Mission Impossible two, um, which is probably his biggest flop critically. Well, no, I don't know. Critics, I don't think liked. Hard Target uh, or Broken Arrow, really? No, I uh, wouldn't think critics liked. Uh, yeah, I think critics did like Face Off to yeah. a degree, but uh, yeah, definitely not Hard Target or Broken Arrow. Um, but yeah, Mission Impossible Two made a ton of money, so he probably could have pretty much done it whatever. I think he just had this side project, and he's like, oh. When Mission Impossible came up, he's like, I'll just give it to someone else. Yeah, I'll make my have my producer credit. Well, and just cash the check. It's interesting to think about, though, because had he done something like this, mm-hmm. had he done a version of the replacement killers with Chai and Fat, I think he would have had a better American career than him doing Mission Impossible. Because look at where his career goes after Mission Impossible. <laughs> Is Mission Impossible two? He does Wind Talkers, which we're gonna cover. We're gonna cover. And Are you saying Wind Talkers is bad? Wind Talkers, no matter how you slice it, is a bomb, right? Yeah, I don't remember it doing very well. And yeah. I, as a whatever age I was, 15-year-old, did not like Wind Talkers. Wind Talkers is a huge bomb. I don't even know if... 
<laughs> I don't. Maybe we should save some of that. Well, some of this for the episode of whenever we get to Wind Talkers. But whatever, it's far enough in advance. Wind Talkers has a hundred fifteen million dollar budget. Made forty million dollars in the states. Oof. Yeah. And internationally, total worldwide, it made seventy seven. So it didn't even come close to earning its budget back. Yeah. yeah. So that's a huge bomb. So that's what he did after Mission Impossible, yeah. and then he did Paycheck, Paycheck, Ooh, yeah. which sucks ass, terrible movie. <laughs> and then he's basically done. Yeah, in that's Hollywood. It. Yeah, then he he goes makes back, right? he makes a video game with Chow Yun Fat that I don't know. If that was pretty fun. You remember? Yeah, that, that was actually quite fun. Yeah, and then he, and he goes back, and he's he's literally never made another uh, yeah. American movie since he does like the Red Cliff movies. Yeah uh crossing movies some movie from 2017 that's on netflix called manhunt that i actually kind of want to watch now (laughs) i didn't even know about yeah uh and then he's got you know he's got some projects looks like he's doing another version of the killer maybe Hmm. uh yeah yeah it would be interesting if he did take that path like if he did replacement killers and maybe it did well and then he did more kind of like american versions of the I mean, heroic blood maybe he stuff. didn't want to yeah he wanted to like well, I, out. yeah like i want to prove that i can tackle like a major franchise or whatever and yeah Granted, he made he made like a John Woo Mission Impossible movie. It is it's true for sure that yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a Mission Still Impossible. Still, my least episode. favorite Mission Impossible. Oh, film. sure. Yeah, f- yes, I yeah, think Travis sh- doesn't think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's probably my, it's probably my least favorite Mission Impossible. I love all the Mission Impossibles, yeah. <laughs> but um, I feel like the smartest move he could have made was do Face Off, do Mission Impossible. And keep replacement killers in his pocket. And then if Mission Impossible does bad, do replacement killers to kind of get his footing back. Yeah. And then not do Wind Talkers. Well, Hollywood Hollywood's really, really starting to like want to use Chow and Fat at this time. Because the yeah. Corruptor is 99. Yeah. This is 98. And then like Bulletproof Chow Monk. Bulletproof Monk's a couple years after that. Yeah. Um, And then Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon... Which is not a Hollywood movie, but it is this insane hit in two thousand one. Yeah. Like, like I don't, I don't. I mean, you guys remember? But yeah, yeah. That movie was massive. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't think. I think if Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out today, I don't think it would be. Which is very I d- interesting. Yeah, I don't think so. But um, and it's not a. It's it's a. It's a good movie. It's uh, it's it's just interesting. I don't know what about it at that time popped so hard. Because I guess there was nothing like it over here at that the time. like Wuxia yeah. like style. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess a lot of that was a lot of people's like Intro, introduction like their to ramp to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it even got people who didn't like even want to see a lot of foreign films, like movies with subtitles, to actually go to the movies. And yeah, I saw it with my dad, and he, you know, he wasn't a big like subtitle guy, and he was into it. Fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, that movie was massive. I yeah. never saw the sequel though. 
There's uh, a sequel? It's like a Netflix thing, I believe. Oh. Yeah, I have no idea. I've, I've not seen it either. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's Chow Yun Fat and John Woo. But I mean, I think those are the two most. I mean, Mira Servino is an interesting person to talk about too. Yeah, I think she's pretty good in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I like Mira Servino as I an actor. Can't say that the chemistry between the two of them is uh, extremely none. forced. Yeah. yeah. By the end, when when we're supposed to believe that there is like romantic chemistry, all of a sudden it's yeah. it feels very uh, predetermined. <laughs> Even <laughs> Not... though he like you know he has like a wife and family back in Hong Kong, his character. Yeah. But she like still kind of has seems like she has a thing for him. But uh, I don't, I don't get that coming from Chow Yun Fat. Yeah, yeah. this was uh, his first American film, Chow yep. Yun Fat. Okay, mm-hmm. right. I mean, there's some interesting trivia stuff like uh, Mira Servino's boyfriend at the time was Quentin Tarantino, mm. who uh, really uh, pushed her to do this movie because he was he is Quentin Tarantino and he's yeah. like a huge nerd and he loves the john woo yeah. movies yeah yeah so, you know, and like so, didn't speak english during this filming right yeah didn't speak english very well yeah so it was like rush hour mm-hmm. right yeah uh yeah this was a funny trivia fact uh mirror Serv- we talked about this when we watched it but mirror servino speaks fluent mandarin but uh chow yun fan is cantonese so <laughs> It doesn't. It didn't actually help as much as you might think that <laughs> Mira Servino speaking fluent Chinese, but it's just the wrong type of Chinese. Yeah, right. But uh, like I finally get to use it. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, when this movie may was made, it did set a record for most bullets fired in an American film, which is hor. We were talking about this while we were watching it. But for assassins, they can't shoot for shit. Oh, you... they fire like a million rounds and never hit anything. Yeah. <laughs> like... For all the jokes about like stormtroopers and stuff and Star Wars, watch this movie and like, <laughs> like Danny Trejo is like a master assassin. Yeah, and there's that scene when he's trying to shoot uh, Chow Yun Fat on the like uh, that like railing. Oh yeah, the emergency stairs. Yeah. yeah, I forget what those are called. Fire escape. Fire there escape. Yeah, yeah. Should be fishing a barrel. Yeah. yeah, and he's just like he's just whiffing all over the place. He's probably bullets <laughs> are zinging through some poor old lady's apartment. Yeah, he's just r- running through a little hallway. You can't shoot him. Yeah, like they're shooting up a movie theater and don't hit a soul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So bullets fired, but like people actually getting shot is uh, very low. Yeah. Um, should we move on to Final Judgments? We got five yeah. minutes on the clock for yeah. this yeah. movie. Uh, well, just like jumping off the, you know, the the shootouts and stuff. It, it it was like cool to see movies like shot on or a movie shot on location in L.A. and you know, even if it's not like true John Woo, it's still like ripping off a cool, you know, a cool type of movie. Um, and just seeing like the the slow mo gun battles and stuff being replicated, you know, I I didn't have a terrible time. Uh, I'll probably go C plus for the replacement killers. C plus, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna be a bit lower. Um, I, I'm gonna go C minus. Um, 
but I think it's like fine. It's yeah. it's definitely like it's a very for me a very forgettable version of one of these kinds of movies. Mm. Like it's there's nothing really that stands out too much. Um I don't think that this movie like nails how to use Chow Yun Fat exactly. Because maybe maybe it was a language barrier problem, but it doesn't capture any of his like charisma, like from the John Woo movies. Um, uh, that said, there's some cool guys that just pop up in mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, Michael Rooker is always kind of funny guy. Jurgen Prow now. He's Proc now. Proc Proc. I mean, I say Proc now, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Should have looked that up. Clifton Collins Jr. There's there's some there's some fun movie guys that show up in this yeah. and uh you know it's like 90 minutes it's, it's breezy. another movie that's like short. It's total it's a totally fine thing to throw on sink into your couch and just like kind of zone out for yeah. for an hour and a half. I think it's it's kind of movie that we need more of um yeah. to this day uh that we don't really get anymore. Yeah, it's definitely of its of a time period. They don't make them this way anymore. Yeah, or if they do, they're like starring Scott Adkins or whatever, and they go straight to video. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how this wasn't like a movie that I just didn't see on TBS like Strange, all huh? the time. Yeah, yeah I, I found it very odd. Neither of you guys have seen it. Yeah, um, it feels like a movie I would have seen like eighteen times yeah. or something like that. Um, I'm probably gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna go B minus. Um, it's kind of my. It's a fun movie. Uh, the like once I noticed that they are worse than stormtroopers at shooting, <laughs> it kind of bothered me after a bit because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, "This is crazy." Um, but it's a fun movie to watch. There's fun fight scenes. Um, I I do agree they didn't really get his charisma across as much as they should have. Um, like it kind of reminds me of like a not nearly as good bad boys like they have the will smith charisma and martin lawrence charisma in those but this one's just that without charisma (laughs) but the fun action scenes nonetheless um but yeah i'll probably go b minus yeah it is actually kind of similar to bad boys one yeah in a lot of ways i didn't think about that but uh but it's like an hour shorter yeah it's an hour shorter. yeah they don't bay us yeah hold us at bay an hour shorter than Michael Bay's shortest film. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that his shortest movie, Bad Boys? I think so. That or The uh, Rock. We right? talked about this uh, at one point. I think even on the podcast, and we like went through them all. Yeah, yeah. he does not edit much. Yeah, Bad I'd Boys say. one's like an hour and fifty minutes long. <laughs> well, we got about thirty-three seconds left on the clock. Any anything anybody wants to add about? The replacement killers before we move on no i no, say you're good. i we say just, we just yeah. go to the just next jump. movie this is kind of an interesting way to do it yeah set a timer yeah all right next movie on the list is heist a crime film slash heist thriller starring gene hackman delroy lindo ricky jay rebecca pigeon sam rockwell and danny devito uh written and directed by david mamet released theatrically on november 9th 2001 it had its dvd release on march 12th 2002 a career thief finds himself at odds with his longtime partner slash 
employer, a crime boss who sends his nephew to keep watch over their next job. Basically, uh, Danny DeVito plays the crime boss. Yeah. And he kind of screws over Gene Hackman on what should be his last job. Yeah. And then, so he has to do another job to make up for the money. Yeah. And then that's kind of where we go. The Swiss thing. Yeah, the Swiss. The Swiss job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you and I, Travis, actually saw this in theaters yes, together. Yes, we did. Uh, around this time, November 2001. And I remember liking it at the time. Yeah, I, I had a good time. Yeah. I, I liked Heist at the time, too. Yeah. Um, It came out the same time period, roughly, as the score yeah with robert de niro so those two movies were like inextricably pretty linked yeah and i remember liking heist more at the time yeah i i like the score quite a bit at the time i i haven't seen the score since but i feel like it's probably not as good as heist it's not i've watched both of them recently yeah yeah uh but uh yeah i I liked heist quite a bit at the time and I, i still think heist holds up um yeah this was full disclosure the the one movie of these four that i i didn't get around to rewatching. yeah no i i have seen this movie before so i can when was the last time you it's been a while it's been a while i did want to watch it but uh life got in the way yeah Uh, so wasn't able to make it happen so it has been at least probably 15 years since i've seen Heist. at least did you have the dvd oh yeah yeah. clamshell it was a clamshell although i bought it previously viewed from hollywood video mm. and they like did that thing where they cut out the case and put it in a their their their, their case. case yeah yeah and i had that for a very long time r.i.p hollywood video yeah <laughs> uh, we should we should like do the nostalgia thing that everyone has for blockbuster now all of a sudden but just do it for hollywood video <laughs> or suncoast <laughs> like do yeah. a pop up and echo park yeah yeah there's yeah. a hollywood video <laughs> everyone's like what the <laughs> fuck is that <laughs> yeah um but uh, yeah heist uh well i you know i obviously just rattled off the the cast list for that movie maybe that's a good place to start with this discussion that's quite a quite a cast oh for, yeah for heist. great a lot cast. of guys mm-hmm. uh rockwell really good in this movie um sam rockwell is awesome yeah uh he plays the nephew of danny devito that he forces to go on the job yeah i should have written down his character name because i've always thought he had a good character name in that i'm gonna look it up yeah. right now and he was very like shysty like you could never really trust him in the job kind of th- character yeah. like he was gonna pull a gun at the weird he was the um the like wild card character yeah that, like... the, the wayne grow yeah the yeah sort of uh yeah, I think my favorite thing about um, Mamet's movies, more so than... I think most people would say, like, oh, yeah, the dialogue's what his movies are all about, but I always... That re- is what most people would say about a Mamet yeah. thing. <laughs> but I always really liked the way he lets his scenes play out, where he kind of starts his scenes, like, in the middle of what's ever going on, whatever is going on, and you have to figure out where everybody stands in the situation like it's kind of a mystery when his scenes start and you you know most of the movies his movies are con man movies so you have to be thinking like oh is this person like pretending 
to be doing what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I didn't really catch that, but like, yeah, you're right. Like uh, on the the roadblock scene, yeah, you're like, what do they do? Like, it just starts with them pretending to be like road workers. Yeah, and, and you, like, even in that scene, you don't know if they're putting that on for Sam Rockwell, yeah, or if they're actually doing that because they have to. Uh, so that's like, I think my favorite thing about his movies is that they're like very mysterious in just like from scene to scene. Uh, but then, yeah, the dialogue, I think, is what most people would say his movies are worth uh, seeing for. I don't know if that's what I would agree with. Uh, I mean, I would say that's the thing that most people are going to notice yeah. about a David Mamet movie is the, uh, the dialogue. The snappy the dialogue. Zippy, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, here's a funny a funny Mamet thing that uh-huh. we can talk about. Uh, uh do you remember the Kevin Hart movie from 2014, either of you, about last night? With yes. Kevin Hart, Michael Ely, Regina Hall, and Joy Bryant. I saw that movie in theaters. You remember that movie, Travis? Uh, you I the poster, did not at least? see that. It's a remake of the About Last Night from the 80s. Right. Yeah. Do you know who has a writing credit on that movie? <laughs> I did not know. Well, I don't know who you're about to say, but if it's not David Danny Mamet, DeVito. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, that's not a good story. No, if it's, it's not David Mamet. It's David Mamet. It's based on a play that he wrote huh. called "Sexual Perversity in Chicago." Uh, I don't think so I knew that. I would imagine the original movie is based on it more directly. Yeah, and then because they remade that movie, they have to give him a, another mm-hmm. credit. Yeah. But David Mamet is credited on the Kevin Hart film about last about night. last night, yeah. Which is, I mean, like, you know, not that's not even in the probably like the ten most embarrassing things that David Mamet's like done in like the last <laughs> decade, just as a person. Right. So, like, you know, whatever. But uh, uh, because he's he's got some interesting political views nowadays, right? Not great. Yeah. Not great. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on your perspective. But uh, he does have an interesting movie listed in pre-production. I'm not sure that this ever actually gets made. uh, Called Assassination. Uh, The fateful murder of John F. Kennedy reimagining his death as a hit ordered by Chicago kingpin Sam Giacana. As payback for JFK's attempt to undermine the mob after they helped get him elected. Hmm. Starring Al Pacino, Shia LaBeouf, Oof. John Travolta, Viggo Mortensen, Courtney Love, and who else but David Mamet's wife, Rebecca Pigeon, hmm. who was also in Heist. Right. Uh, I can't. I don't think I that can't movie imagine gets that made. coming out. No, yeah, uh, yeah. as it, as you described it, anyways. Uh, Al Pacino yeah. has a newborn to deal with. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At a certain point, I stopped caring. I think about like I stopped following David Mamet. I want to say the last movie I saw from him was Red Belt. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think Red Belt was the last one. I, did he actually do anything after that? Uh, he did uh, the Phil Spector movie for HBO. That's right. Didn't see it or watch it. Uh, he's done a lot of shorts and like little things like that. Mm-hmm. He did four episodes. This is very weird. 
Very weird. He directed four episodes of the uh, Dennis Haysbert show, The Unit. Uh-oh. I believe that was on like CBS yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say like Young Sheldon or something. We- super weird. <laughs> well, that, I mean, it's, doing The Unit is also still pretty weird. But that's like a like a heisty type of deal. Like, I guess, but he's like a playwright. Yeah. And, like his whole thing is dialogue and stuff like yeah. that. I never watched The Unit. My dad Why loved Why would you? Yeah, yeah, you're not an older person. It's like No Jag. offense to yeah. your dad. <laughs> yeah, my dad's an older person who would who loved the unit. He, like, literally, like, a month ago was like, hey, you should watch the unit. <laughs> Still talking about it. Yeah, right? yeah. Because he got, just goes back through them over and over again. I gotta say, as this flattens and gets warmer, it tastes a lot worse. He's talking about the drink. Just, yeah, that. so. The soda that we started drinking at the beginning of this the, episode, the Cola Ultimate. Yeah. I, I let's let's do a let's do another uh, a taste test update where you guys try it now. Sure. We're we're burning it. We're this is heist's uh, time though. We're Sorry, it does have a little more syrup to it. We're yeah. uh, have stealing from their time, I guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it does flatten pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean all soda tastes worse yeah. as it gets yeah. flatter and warmer but like but it hasn't still. been that long yeah since you cracked this open cracked uh, open that bad boy <laughs> i really enjoyed the heist in the beginning of this movie though that was cool yeah like the whole eye drops in the coffee yeah yeah um type deal that was a cool one mm-hmm. yeah i feel like the as i get a little older the you know the snappy dialogue is a little less appealing or it like takes me out of it a little bit more um but if maybe they tone that down a little bit i'd be more into it but yeah the the heist scenes in heist are pretty solid yeah and all the little twists and turns are are good yeah like like it sends you in one direction you think it's kind of like yeah putting this on the boat whatever and then right yeah even like i've seen this movie probably like four maybe five times and i do forget each time like what where they're going with certain yeah like oh where is the goal (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like oh yeah that's where the gold is yeah uh and the you know the main heist in the middle of the movie is is pretty good yeah the the airplane uh but yeah some of the dialogue like there are some cool lines like when he shoots danny devito and danny devito's like don't you want to hear my last words and he's like well i just did yeah shoots him with a shotgun (laughs) It's always sweet when Delroy Lindo pops up with a shotgun and yeah. just starts blasting people. Uh, but then there's some lines that are just maybe like a little too wordy. Uh, like when uh, Sam Rockwell's like, hey, I'll be quieter than an ant pissing on cotton. He's <laughs> like, you need to be quieter than an ant not even thinking about pissing on cotton. Exactly. Yeah. Jesus And if Christ. I were like in that scenario and somebody were to tell me, I'm going to be quieter than an ant pissing on cotton. I'd be like, what? Why did you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> not, I wouldn't immediately say, I want you to be quieter than an ant, not even thinking about pissing on cotton. <laughs> that That's the crazy thing about David Mamet, too, yeah. is because that's like how he gets a lot of his jobs yeah. and stuff, too. So it's like no one's even going to be like, hey, let's, uh, let's rethink some of this yeah. dialogue because... He would just like fire you or whatever, right? I mean, granted, we remember that line, and I watched it like 
two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it would stick in my head. Cause I mean, I guess they'd be like, what? Yeah. That would also stick in my head. Well, and, like the overly verbose stuff is a little obnoxious. Yeah. It, it does. It def- definitely takes you out of it a little bit. And some of the actors I think can handle it a little bit better than some of the other actors. Like Gene Hackman, I think does pretty well with it. I mean, he's maybe our finest. Yeah. Finest living actor. I mean, yeah, maybe the finest actor. Yeah, I mean, he's up there. Yeah. He's up yeah. there, right? Yeah. yeah, all time, all time guys. Yeah. Every time I see him, it just baffles me that he is so old. Like he is so old. Like in French Connection. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like when he was like fifteen, did he look that old? He came out of the womb as like a forty-five-year-old. You know? <laughs> yeah, like when he's Popeye, he's the old man. <laughs> Yeah, and even in like Bronny and Clyde, he's still an older, older guy. Yeah, because when he gets like hit in this one, it looks like sad. You're like, is he dead? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, when like Sam Rockwell hits him with the yeah, flashlight. I was like, you killed that old man. He's yeah. like a hundred. <laughs> he looks very old now because I've you know there are some photos of him that got released, and everyone was just like, oh my god, Gene Hackman looks so old, and I'm like, yeah, he looks old, but he's also like. 90 something years old he just looks 90 something years yeah. old finally like his age is finally caught up with how he looks yeah, yeah like, this is like 20 years ago and like it's yeah. hard to believe like the scenes where he fights I'm like this is hard to believe how many more movies did he do after heist only like a couple right yeah it would have been heartbreakers uh, like- Tenenbaums. Tenenbaums. Heartbreakers, I want to say, was maybe before Heist. Okay. You know what? I actually think he had three movies in 2001. Heartbreakers, Heist, and Tenenbaums. Okay. And, uh, I mean, obviously his last one, Malcolm the Mooseport. Yeah. Say sad ending to a storied career. <laughs> yeah, although uh, now he... Oh, he did uh, Runaway Jury as well. Oh, oh he yeah. actually... Yeah. He had four... He had four Five movies in 2001. Two that you forgot about. Hmm. And I think one of them's a very small part uh, in uh, The Mexican. Yeah. I do remember that now, yeah. And then the other movie is just a movie you probably just are forgetting. Uh, Behind Enemy Lines. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he had a lot of movies in 2001. He was cranking them out because he knew he was going to retire, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he was just cashing paychecks knowing yeah. that he was about to stop for good because then after that he does runaway jury and then he does welcome to the sport and then he's done he do yeah. voices for video games or something or nope. am i nope. no that's you're sean, thinking of connery. sean connery oh yeah, yeah that's right yeah who also retired around that time yeah yeah i mean uh i guess it's cool that he I don't know. I always think it's cool when like old guys can reti- actually retire mm. or whatever, and not, yeah. not just like work till they're dead. I mean, and that's true of anyone, like any yeah. any industry. Like if you can actually retire and go enjoy your final years or whatever in peace. Yeah, and heist is a pretty good one for him to do, like kind of towards the the end, late yeah. late yeah. stage, like kind of an old school crime. Movie. It fits him really well. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the other uh, performances in this movie that were. We're good. We talked about Delroy. Oh, Dane DeVito's yeah. pretty good. Uh, who's the... What's the name of the other guy? The, like, reliable guy in the crew? Uh, Ricky J. Yeah, Ricky J. He's yeah. really good. Ricky J yeah. is a mammoth man. Yeah. yeah. Sleight of hand uh, magician slash actor. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah Ricky J, uh, a very cool guy. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Yeah, he uh, passed away, like, 
seven years ago, maybe? I'm trying to think. 2018. So it says natural causes. He was 72, okay. which is not insanely yeah. old, yeah. but, you know. Uh, but yeah, he was a PTA guy and a, a mammoth guy. And he was also on uh, Deadwood. Uh, uh, there were maybe a couple lines where it seemed like he was struggling a little bit to make the dialogue sound natural, <laughs> but... Um, it's maybe because he's like a, a later in life actor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of those lines of dialogue are just too too stylized and too uh, unnatural sounding to make it sound <laughs> legitimate. But uh, but yeah, he, he is good in the movie. And I re- yeah. always remember us laughing when he gets hit by the car at the beginning of the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the worst performances of the movie are that like mobster rich guy that wants to buy the boat. Yeah. And then the henchmen are all pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. And the shootouts are a little yeah, wonky. Look like they were shot on a stage. Yeah. Even yeah. I don't know if they were, but they look a little a little phony. And this is another movie that is it supposed to take place in New York? Or is it supposed to take place in... That's like Massachusetts, isn't it? Massachusetts? I don't know. Because, well, yeah, maybe... it's obviously, it's 100% like shot in Quebec. Yeah, but I think the boat thing is like Quincy or something. Oh, like... okay. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's all shot in Quebec. There is one other credit of Manchester, New Hampshire. So New England area. Yeah. So yeah, because I think on the but on the sign for his boathouse, it says like Quincy, oh, okay. Mass or something like that. Because the um, I remember like at the beginning of the movie, the like the radio DJ says something about the Long Island Expressway. Okay. But like you look at it, and you're like, well, this is obviously Canada. Yeah, yeah. Gotta get but, those tax breaks. Yeah, and you know the score. That's another movie that was shot in Quebec around the same time. I remember that, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, Heist is a is a good movie. It's yeah. just it's a it's a solid crime caper. Yeah, of the movies we had to watch, I was the most like, all right, cool. Like this is probably the one I was the most intrigued to see. Yeah, uh, get into our final final thoughts. Dan, do you want to start since you haven't seen this movie? Uh, in yeah, 15 I years. mean, I it's been a while. Um, I have a fond fond memories of heist uh yeah. for various reasons uh, i remember liking the movie it's a movie i've seen a few times on dvd never saw it in theaters but i did pick up the dvd with my dad and that's how i got into it um another fond memory i think i'd be remiss not to bring up is that uh there is an explosion <laughs> in, the, in this movie yeah that uh that you that you made very uh, funny use of, yeah. in uh, in short films, mm-hmm. uh, that has always kept heist in my mind. That's right. Uh, yeah. Like it's given me extra reason to remember heist. Uh, but so real quickly, I'll just say I'd give this movie without having seen it recently a, a B. Um, but uh, do you want to explain what I'm talking about with the explosion? Uh, as best you can in a way that makes sense yeah yeah there's a i made a short film in high school i think about a a bad action movie that didn't have like a budget to actually like blow up a building and there was a scene in this like fake action movie that i made where a a shack blows up and so i show one shack uh 
Now, it's also yeah. literally where we're sitting right now, is it not? No. Was it I, not? This the was shed? actually at an elementary school. Oh, okay, okay. It's okay. not too far from okay. here. Uh, but it, yeah, I like filmed like a, a, sh- a shack and then I cut to uh, me f- filming a heist off my TV. <laughs> yeah, and it's scan, <laughs> scan lines and all. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. And it's the the shot where the uh the shack blows up at the airport in <laughs> yeah, <heist>. yeah. <laughs> uh so it like completely cuts to that and it's obviously being filmed off a tv and <laughs> like the volume's different and you can yeah. see the, the glare off the tv uh but yeah that's what you're talking about right Right. So, and I obviously think of that every time I watch Heist. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, if I think of it, I would expect you to think of it as yeah. well. Uh, which I think you, maybe Travis, were in that show. Yeah, that yeah. You probably don't even remember being in. I think, yeah, I think I've been in all of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, like I said, Heist is a solid crime movie. Uh, the The dialogue is maybe a little too... A little too fancy, uh, <laughs> a little too clever for its own good. Not even that clever. Um, thinks it's clever. Thinks I mean, it's which clever, is, which is kind of mammoth in a nutshell. Yeah, he thinks he's cleverer than he is. Yeah, but the the scenes themselves like play out in very interesting ways. I think, and the information is kind of doled out in very clever ways. Uh, and yeah, I'd say it's a pretty satisfying like crime heist thriller. I would also go B on this one. And I think we have a consensus because uh, I'm probably gonna go B. Um, it's yeah, it's a good, it's a serviceable heist movie. Um, yeah. It's not like oh my god, this is amazing, but yeah. it's not at all bad. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, pace moves along pretty well. Some really good performances. Uh, oh, Rockwell and Hackman. Uh, the twists are. Like, it's hard to fall. I mean, like the the twists and turns aren't like obvious. Yeah. Like a lot of movies, since we've seen so many heist movies, we already can predict the ending every time. Uh, and this one, like even watching it like multiple times, you mm. kind of forget. Yeah. Um, and there's actually even still scenes in the movie where I'm not sure if, uh, like some scenes with Delroy Lindo and Gene Hackman, like kind of towards the end, if they are pretending to say what they're saying or if they actually like are meaning what they're saying yeah like if they're they're trying to con the people around them or if they're not trying to con the people around them uh so that's like an interesting thing yeah it's it's yeah it's something you don't see in every heist movie yeah um so yeah i I, i'll give it a b yeah yeah solid movie uh do you remember the part where ricky jay gets hit by a car in this movie Mm -hmm. yeah okay the beginning yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, we talked about that. Oh, you guys did? We Sorry. did. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. My oh, bad. That's okay. <laughs> I was, uh, was kind of just letting you guys go because that was the one I didn't watch. Yeah. But uh, uh, we have like about a, a minute left to talk about Heist, so I'll just bring up a couple things. Uh, Sam Rockwell's character in this movie is named Jimmy Silk, which is pretty cool. Very mobstery. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, just because I, I kind of think of these movies hand in hand. Uh, Spartan, directed by Mamet, is a movie I think is has a really great like first 30 to 40 minutes. 
And then it kind of just turns into kind of a generic like spy thing, like mm-hmm. an episode of 24. But Spartan uh, is really good for like the first 40 minutes. I have not seen it since theaters. So yeah, we saw it out. that's another yeah, one we yeah. saw together. But it's another thing where it, it does that thing where it kind of throws you in the middle of the plot and you kind of have to figure out what's going on. Uh, probably my favorite mammoth movie would be house of games. I've not seen a, that one. You can get on criterion. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's go through some of the, Oh, well, well, there's my, the timer, but we can, my motherfucker is so cool. When he goes to bed, sheep count him. <laughs> that's a man yeah, line. That's a good one. Everybody uh, needs money. That's why they call it money. Remember yeah. that from the trailer. I remember that yeah. line. And that line I actually like. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't really get it, but... I never got it, but yeah. I still like it. It's a good DeVito line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the my motherfucker's so cool when he goes to bed, sheep count him line. That could be shortened to just, my motherfucker's so cool. <laughs> you, you know why the chicken crossed the road? Because the road crossed the chicken. <laughs> that's a stupid fucking yeah. line <laughs> that's stupid <laughs> and you know man it was just sitting there like hey, yeah <laughs> crushing it like always yeah but i don't know it's 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 it's, it's a good so, yeah. it's a good movie it's a good heist movie lives up to its name yeah uh all right well, let's move on next movie on the list is joyride a thriller starring paul walker steve zahn Lily Sobieski and the voice of Ted Levine. Candy Cane. Directed by John Dahl, written by Clay Tarver and Mr. J.J. Abrams. Released in theaters on October 25th, 2001, and released on home video on March 12th, 2002. Uh, it is about two brothers embarking on a cross-country road trip who play a cruel prank on a mysterious trucker who turns out to be a psychotic murderer that becomes hellbent on revenge. Yeah, Joyride could be more of a joy for me. I, I enjoy Jer- Joyride. I, Andrew's like the biggest Joyride guy yeah. I know. <laughs> I've Always got, has been. I've pretty much got nothing but good things to say about Joyride. Uh, listen, I've got quibbles, but uh, I really enjoy Joyride. I guess I'm the dissenter here. Uh, I mean, I don't like hate it. I think it's fine. But it does have a bit too much of the J.J. Abrams stink lines wafting off it for me. <laughs> Just a, a bit too much of that that J.J. Abrams like, like yeah. oh, we got to have the like quippy one, and, uh, and, and, yeah. and hear that Steve's on. So yeah. he's always he's always got something funny to say. <laughs> uh, well, I guess for me, I just really like what John Dahl, you know, the director brings to the movie i mean i know that jj abrams was one of the writers on it but i think you know john Dahl definitely brings over some of his uh you know kind of slow burn noir sensibilities to this you know like it definitely the movie has qualities that kind of carry over from things like red rock west and you know, The Last Seduction and some of his, like, earlier films, his 90s neo-noirs. And I think those qualities really come through in the early sections of this movie. Like, I always really dug the first 
40 minutes or so of this movie. I mean, I like the whole movie, but I think the beginning just does a, such a good job of setting everything up. Like it's near perfect, I think, in just like, you know, establishing who the characters are and, you know, the dynamic between the two brothers and you get a sense, you know, why they're estranged. And, you know, at the same time, it kind of eases you into the where the plot is going with like Rusty Nail um and as far as Steve Zahn goes I think there's maybe a little more to his character than just like comic relief uh I think there is like some depth to his character I mean his character is obviously like intended to come across as a shitty dude but I do think there's some like good character moments early on in the movie that might explain why he is an asshole and kind of a why he's a little sad and maybe a little jaded um so it doesn't really bother me that his character is like kind of a wise ass that's always cracking jokes because i you know i I buy that for the character Hmm. i'm a steve zahn defender so uh (laughs) i like steve zahn uh, to be clear i actually really like steve zahn in this movie by the way i don't i in the movie i don't know about that for me but like in general i like steve zahn and um in, i'm in support of steve zahn getting a, a zonaissance uh like like in righteous gemstones um yeah but um yeah i i don't know something i i watched this movie and i'm just like yeah all right i see why people like it but yeah uh for my taste it's just like it's not enough of it's it's like four different it, it it's a little bit like jj abrams thing where it's like four different genres and he can't really fully commit to one of them uh well here is an interesting thing about this movie it might explain why some people feel that there are inconsistencies with the narrative or you know whatever it the movie apparently had a not necessarily a troubled production, but an extensive one for sure. And I know that the script had a lot of rewrites initially, and the movie was originally filmed in like 1999 or the late 90s at some point. And, you know, early versions of the movie tested poorly, which resulted in a lot of reshoots. And I think there were like four alternate endings filmed so it sounds like they just kept going back and redoing stuff so it's kind of a miracle that it you know that the movie turned out as coherent as it did and um you know it sounds like they there was a lot of building the plane as they were flying it going on because ted levine wasn't even the original oh yeah i mean that poor that poor fat guy that plays rusty <laughs> nail gets darth mauled in this movie oh. by ted levine i mean you can't have a creepier voice than ted levine like yeah that's the perfect ted levine, voice i think is oh yeah yeah him doing rusty nail is one of the best choices ever made i think yeah but um i think they like didn't know who when they shot that stuff when they shot the end they had no idea who the voice was gonna be because if you look at the this bonus features on the dvd it's 
they got like Eric Roberts doing the voice right. and I think one other guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds funny. Yeah. So uh, it could be okay. Uh, I watched it. it. It doesn't have the same uh, the same effect that Ted Levine does. Well, you're fighting a, a losing battle going up against Ted Levine. Yeah. And they didn't even know that Ted Levine was going to be the voice when they started. Well, yeah, there there is some like weird stuff, like the the like flirting with both mm-hmm. of the brothers yeah. and stuff like that, like Lily Sobieski, because they cut out like love scenes with both of them. Yeah, and what? so she like kind of <laughs> appears to flirt with like both of them at different times of the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. So you're uh, gonna friend zone Paul Walker and then go with Steve Zahn? <laughs> I and there's I a always, version of this movie where yeah, that yeah, that, that makes zero sense. And I always just kind of like the way that it plays out in the movie, like the the non love triangle stuff that she kind of seems interested in both, but it yeah. never goes anywhere. Uh, I don't get why she would be interested in Steve Zahn. Yeah, <laughs> like, she doesn't she's not interested in Paul Walker. Why would <laughs> He's like a dick. He's older. I don't yeah. know. Like what and he's I mean, it comes clearly after... less attractive. no offense to Steve Zahn, but like clearly less attractive than yeah. Paul yeah. Walker, at least conventionally speaking. I mean, it could just be that it's because his character has made such a strong effort to wear her down and you know he also keeps trying to get her drunk but also you know again his character is an asshole he's a shitty character but you know even so i think that works to the movie's benefit as a thriller because i think you need a character like that who is unpredictable and is in kind of a morally gray area because you don't know how he will complicate things and you don't know if he's going to make the situation even worse you know when you've got an evil trucker stalking you so in that sense i think he's kind of integral or important to the movie's like recipe for suspense like he's a little more than just like comic relief i think but i don't see that i feel like he's making a joke every time he's on screen (laughs) that's true i guess which it it can be a character but it's still like yeah you know i I see him as kind of a joke guy mostly but that i enjoy his jokes i like him in (laughs) like saving silverman as that's true yeah so (laughs) yeah yeah so i like some uh steve zahn comedy so it didn't bother me any uh yeah yeah can we remind people what movie you made us watch on christmas 2020 over zoom uh that would be national security (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh yeah uh steve zahn's good in this movie i think and it also is just kind of like peppered with little one scene characters that have a lot of personality and feel very like lived in the the sheriff of the town and the uh overly the overly nice trucker yeah the overly nice trucker like even (laughs) that 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 scene's so funny because he looks so menacing running out of the and like you know it's a MacGuffin because that's like yeah not to keep harping on it but that's like a jj abrams thing is just fill your movie with MacGuffins. but like 
you know it's not him. And like, that's fucking insane for this truck driver to go like off roading in the desert to return a credit card. Uh, you had to go through so much effort yeah. when they're like driving off the road. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis. Uh, but yeah, that guy and then the guy that uh, uh, catches them like hot wiring the car towards the end of the oh, movie yeah. where he's like really confident in helping them fix their engine trouble. Yeah. Uh, the asshole that gets killed in the beginning. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with the hotel manager. Yeah. Uh, like all those little characters I think have... He, the hotel manager doesn't die, right? No, no, no I mean, the guy, the guy that's, yeah. like, being a racist asshole to the oh, hotel manager. Yeah. Ripped a man's jawbone off. Yeah. yeah. And then even that guy, the that sheriff, who was like, it wasn't comely. Yeah. Yeah. I just think all those little characters are given way more to do than they would in, like, a lesser movie that's, like, not as concerned with you know, character and atmosphere. and Yeah, I, I always have a good time with Joyride. Yeah, and I feel like people kind of dismiss it sometimes as like a... Or maybe just kind of file it away as like a teen thriller because like Paul, Paul Walker. Walker's in it. But I think it's a little more like of a slow build, like patient movie up to a point. And then it, you know... And then it does obviously turn into more of a straightforward B-movie chase thriller and... You know, it turns into Rusty Nail as the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even that stuff I like, like the cornfield stuff and him, for some reason, knowing how uh, to kidnap the college roommate. Yeah, that was baffling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, watching this, I was like, is Rusty Nail, like, supernatural? <laughs> He's like Christine or something? Yeah, how yeah. does, like... How does he know most of the shit he knows? You just gotta go with it. He's all knowing. <laughs> but he can't find them. Like, you know, what? he's like on the CB, like... Yeah. Candy cane. Does <laughs> uh, so anyone know where candy cane is? And maybe that was something I was just always willing to go with because I remember Ebert's review pointed out all those, like, kind of illogical things, like all those plot contrivances and the obvious red herrings and things like that. But he, he still recognized that the movie was so, like, well-crafted that it almost didn't really matter. Like, it didn't detract from his enjoyment. Like, he was able to kind of go with it. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with the movie. Like, I'm st- like, I'm still on board with the movie when it eventually becomes, you know, a very, like, more straightforward, pure genre movie. Like, a chase thriller. Because once you get to the back half of the movie, it's pretty much just a series of kind of like suspenseful action scenes. Uh, yeah, I liked all that stuff. If I had like any like quibbles, it was always like I always had issue with them showing Rusty Nail at the end of the movie. Yeah, I wish they did. I never thought that was a good choice, especially actually. when it's not Ted Levine. Yeah, like. A lot of, I mean, not everyone, obviously. The average moviegoer isn't going to know probably who Ted Levine is based on his voice. They may be like, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, But, like, I don't know. Like, uh, make it, make that 
choice for the people who are going to know who Ted Levine yeah. is and are not going to be like, well, that's clearly yeah. some other guy. Yeah, I guess at that point they didn't know that Ted Levine was even going to be in the movie right. or the voice of Rusty Nail, but... But once you have him, yeah, you yeah. can edit the movie in a way yeah. that makes him even a little bit more mysterious. Yeah, I still think they should have just shown, like, if when they show him, like, outside the truck, just show his shadow or his reflection or something. Never show his his face or anything. Yeah, it's much more menacing if we never actually see him. Yeah, and then you see him, he's just some guy. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, it's just uh, the big fat guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, fucking unkillable fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great big fat person. She a great big fat person. Right, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, that guy, or yeah, that thing. I never really liked that they showed Rusty Nail, and it's got some. The movie has some soundtrack choices that I never really liked, like some early two thousands, uh, like butt rock, like Matchbox Twenty esque stuff. Yeah. Xbox 20 is awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I do think this is, like, not, like, a masterpiece or anything, but a solid thriller from this time period. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah. And well, well shot and lit, you know. I The scene I always think of in this movie is the best scene, I think, uh, where they're in the hotel room listening to what's going on in the other hotel room and they they're like have their heads up against the wall and the camera pushes in on the painting and you hear the rain pattering and it's like quiet for like a minute and you hear the scuffling next door. I got the pink champagne. Yeah. Uh that I think is a a great sequence. But I guess I'm always just gonna be Team Joyride. <laughs> I'm with you. It's funny because there's a a movie out right now, like in theaters, called Joyride. Also, also pretty fun. Drastically different, though. You saw that. You saw that Joyride as well. I I also saw that Joyride. You've both seen that Joyride. Wow, I didn't get the memo. Sorry. (laughs) I'm assuming we both saw it with our wives. That's that's correct. Yeah, Yeah. respectively. Uh, but this, yeah, this Joyride will always be the best Joyride. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, well, I'll just say it. I'm going to go B plus for, for Joyride. Wow. <laughs> you guys can say whatever you want, but I'm going to B plus. I think Travis is pretty close uh, to you. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go B. Um, not, not quite B plus, but it, it's, it's fun. I would definitely recommend watching it if you're out there and you haven't seen it. Uh, sorry to be a stick in the mud. I'm going to go with the C. C? Yeah, wow, not even C plus. Shots yeah, fired. I think you can see other movies before you see this see one. See Joyride. Uh, no, it's fine. I think it's it, I think it's totally fine, serviceable. I, I wasn't like bored really. I don't know. Um, I don't love the cast. I I'm not a Paul Walker. Well, sorry, we got eleven minutes, so we could talk about Paul Walker. All morning. right, let's talk Paul Walker. Don't love Paul Walker. I think this is an okay use of him, though. Yeah, I, I think this is. I like think a, it's kind of a, a Chris Klein in election kind of thing where it knows what he is. Yeah, better than he knows what to, he is. You had to use him. Uh, yeah, because you never really see him, uh, or never really saw him play like kind of a, uh, uh, like an insecure, vulnerable type. 
which I think he does pretty well in this movie. Uh, I would and say kind of also kind of an idiot. Yeah, I yeah. would say he's kind of insecure and vulnerable in Varsity Blues, mm. at least after he gets hurt, right? Yeah, because he's yeah. like the star quarterback yeah. who then has to, you know, gets hurt and has his whole his whole mm-hmm. life turned upside down. Uh, not saying that movie's good, really, mm-hmm. or whatever, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't love Paul Walker and stuff. I I know it's. Maybe uncouth to say that about a man who's no longer with us. Yeah. But, uh, no, he, he well, he wasn't the best actor. <laughs> no, it's, it's, hard he, to, it's hard to picture a guy this good looking, like being mm-hmm. like, "Woe's him." Yeah, <laughs> like, right. like, yeah. like, oh no, he he has so much trouble. Like, yeah. but uh, I did like believe him in this movie and the character he was playing, like kind of a good looking. Uh, idiot sort of who didn't really get what was going on around him yeah i mean i i feel like they could have got a less good looking person because then it would make sense more why they're friend zoned yeah and like why they want the girl right uh but i could also see a world or like a version of this movie where it's like uh like an all like wb cast like oh yeah like a joshua jackson in the steve's on part or you know well it kind of feels that way it kind of feels like that it these are the people that most appeased mm-hmm. the execs who wanted the wb cast who are maybe like towing that line yeah. between the two yeah. like they wanted genre actors but had to get someone that could appeal to like teen audiences or like whatever. yeah you could have vanderbeek play it that would, i mean that would have been terrible yeah probably. it would have been terrible but like someone yeah. like more tv popular and then yeah less good looking yeah i f- feel like maybe whoever like the the studio execs were maybe like kind of thinking or wanting it to be a movie sort of like that with like wb stars but for some reason it ended up being you know, made by John Dahl and populated by kind of like shaggier character actors. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure this didn't cost a lot, so Oh, uh, I don't know about that. I'm really? not sure. Uh well, I can tell you that. Uh twenty three million dollar budget. Hmm. Uh it sounds about right actually. It it yeah. kind of did not do very well. It only made twenty one million, twenty two roughly. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite make its money back. Didn't do a lot of money overseas either. So it did, I think, end up in the black, but not by a lot. DVD uh, sales, probably. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. that that helped. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. This movie came out October of 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, not uh, four months after The Fast and the Furious 1, which came out in June 2001. Mm-hmm. So my guess is if this is a movie that, like we talked about, had trouble with reshoots, test screenings, stuff like that, mm-hmm. was probably filmed before Fast and the Furious would be my guess. Yeah, I think I read that it was filmed in the late 90s. And then it got 99. released after the Fast and the Furious, yeah. obviously four months, because now Paul Walker is probably at a uh, you know an ascending level of fame following yeah. the success of Fast and the Furious. So, 
in in that sense it kind of makes sense why he'd be you know yeah the star brightest yeah uh i mean like where's paul walker in like before fast and the furious though because uh, this movie was filmed before fast and furious yeah he's this he's in the skulls right but uh, not the main character yeah he's no the but rich he's, kid. he's yeah. the rich kid yeah. which yeah. i think he that that worked for him same with she's all that he's like mm-hmm. the asshole rich kid yeah. in that and that's kind of his thing pleasant Vars- varsity blues he's the like star quarterback who has to get humbled by getting injured pleasantville mm-hmm. uh and meet the deals that's right of course who could forget meet the deals with him and uh i did <laughs> him and him and the guy that's uh in jingle all the way mm-hmm. steve van wormer or something yeah. like that the guy that kind of looks like michael ian black yeah yeah Never seen Meet the Deedles. You ever seen Meet the Deedles? Never Either seen you? it. No, no. Should we watch? I did meet not the meet Deedles? them. <laughs> we could try it. Yeah, is it on Disney Plus? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, actually, I don't think it is. I don't hmm. know. Let's see. Is Meet the Deedles on Disney Plus? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's uh, that's Joyride. Yeah, we we still got two. Five minutes on oh. the clock for Joyride. I mean, we could uh, always just go to the next one. If it... it is on Disney Plus. Meet okay. The deals, so nice. okay, Nixon time. <laughs> All right. The the grand Nixon finale. Travis, I guess you could like go home if you really uh, want yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually skipped this one because uh, <laughs> I had life, and this movie is like twenty hours long. Um, I did watch clips of it. I watched probably like thirty minutes of it in clips. And obviously, I understand the history of the Nixon, so it's not really a surprise unless they're going to do like a Tarantino, and he's going to like shoot Mao or something. <laughs> in in the clips that you watched, did you watch the Sam any of the Sam Waters? Things I sure you, did. The, where his eyes like go black. Well, yeah, look, yeah, that seems so good. And that's not in the version that you watched for this time right i know you've seen both yeah. cuts yeah there's a theatrical cut and a director's cut and the waterston stuff is not in the theatrical cut no well i'm glad i but if YouTubed. you yeah if you watch it on amazon or if you rent it on amazon it's the theatrical cut okay yeah which i did this time because dan had my blu-ray copy yeah yeah i had your blu-ray copy for like a year and a half <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i finally got a reason to watch it yeah well, yes, that's the next movie. Here's the little rundown. Nixon, a historical drama starring Anthony Hopkins. as <laughs> the most straightforward movie of all of these. <laughs> as former U.S. President Richard Nixon, directed by Oliver Stone, written by Christopher Wilkinson and Stephen J. Ravelli, uh, some guys that have written other biopics such as Ali, Copying Beethoven, and Pawn Sacrifice. So they're biopic guys uh also oliver stone has a a writing credit on this yeah i i kind of feel like he probably did a lot of yeah stuff yeah uh it was released in theaters on december 22nd 1995 and had a collector's edition dvd released on march 12th 2002 synopsis the film tells the story of the political and personal life of U.S. President Richard Nixon. Yeah, that's that's, that's accurate. The, that's it. Yeah, good guy. 
<laughs> hey, it is kind of a sympathetic movie. It paints in more of a in more of a like uh, tragic light. Like it's more of like I a, don't. Yeah, I don't know if I fully agree with that read on well, Nixon, I think, but that is what the movie does. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree with that. That he's like a. Uh, you know a victim of no shakespearean figure yeah but that's definitely i think what the movie's going for that it's if you look at jfk as like a conspiracy movie this is like uh oliver stone's like shakespearean tragedy movie Mm -hmm. Uh, which he would then try and do again with like alexander and stuff yeah yeah (laughs) that was another so while we're like uh the one of the other things that I sent you guys was a review or an interview with William Friedkin, mm-hmm. and he was like talking about someone asked him, "What do you think of like Oliver Stone saying your DVDs won't last long, longer than ten years or whatever?" Because mm-hmm. he was trying to like sell Alexander, mm-hmm. and he just said like, "Oh fuck him, he doesn't know shit, <laughs> and fuck <laughs> Alexander too." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's fine yeah uh man where where should we start with this one uh well let's go scene maybe, by scene travis yeah. <laughs> strap in yeah it's gonna be a while god help me uh well let's just talk about the stuff that we like in this movie uh yeah. i uh, like james woods as himself <laughs> <laughs> as uh yeah he's holdman in this movie yeah uh, uh like let's sure. just talk about this cast for a second Sure. Like, it'll probably take me, like, if I were to read the cast list, like, two minutes to get through everybody that you recognize. All right. I, I got it pulled up. The guy from Frasier. Anthony Hopkins, obviously. Joan yeah. Allen mm-hmm. as Pat Nixon. Yeah. Powers Booth, yeah. a legend. R.I.P. Ed Harris. J. Edgar Hoover. Well, J. He's not in the movie. Oh, right. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. <laughs> is... <laughs> All right. On, on autopilot. It's late. Uh, E.G. Marshall. From yeah. like Christmas Vacation, yeah. that's I know he's from a lot of and like, the president in Absolute Power, yeah, or not the president, but the former. I don't know what he was in Absolute Power, but he was a politician. David Paymer, is Ziegler, yeah. David Hyde Pierce, mm-hmm. Paul Sorvino, Mary Steenburgen, the great J.T. Walsh, yeah, R.I.P. James Woods. Kevin Dunn, yeah, Annabeth Gish, mm-hmm. Tony Goldwyn, Edward Herman, Madeline Kahn, Dan Hedaya, mm-hmm. Saul Rubinick, uh, Robert Beltran, which is uh, like a Star Trek actor. Yeah. Mostly that I know from. Uh, uh... John Deal. Mm-hmm. John C. McGinley. Yeah, they're both like the plumbers with yeah. the Harris. Yeah. Michael Chiklis with hair, if I remember yep. right. Uh, George Plimpton. Sam Waterston, yeah, whose yeah. scenes are cut, but he's in, like, in my opinion, one of the best scenes in the movie, uh, if you watch the director's cut. Yeah, uh, th- that's pretty much all the... All the names. All the names, yeah. Yeah, um, that took us a couple minutes to get through. We're already at 16 minutes left. Wow. <laughs> for Nixon. Well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like this movie quite a bit. I've... I've only seen it twice. Uh, it's I, not a movie that I think you can just pop on. It's a hard one to rewatch because it's three over three hours long, and it's got long sections of the movie that is 
just archival footage <laughs> yeah. for like 10 minutes yeah but i i'm like uh, uh an appreciator of that time period in history like i like reading about politics at that time and the nixon administration and watergate and all that stuff so this is a very easy movie for me to watch and get into uh, very cool andrew <laughs> uh and i also love i'm a pretty big fan of dick the 90s comedy <laughs> uh and as uh, i noted before we started recording yeah. this movie has two dick actors in it uh dan hedea who plays nixon in dick and uh saul rubinek yeah so two two actors who played nixon yeah well, and that's right two have played yeah uh, uh yeah i mean and uh, you know listen anthony hopkins is very good mm-hmm. in this movie but i gotta say my definitive nixon on film is still dan hedaya and dick that could be yeah i mean it's obviously a more much more comedic performance uh-huh. but like he's so good yeah he no he is great in dick but Anthony Hopkins is really good. In he is. He's really good, especially because it seems like such an against type performance. Because he doesn't him. look anything like Richard mm-hmm. Nixon. But no. somehow in the movie, you totally buy it. Yeah. It's a very like showy, Oscar-y performance, but not in an annoying way. Yeah. Like, it's in a way where you're like, okay, well, clearly yeah, he's got to be recognized for this. Right. Kind of surprising he didn't win that year. Who did win that year? Was that Nicolas Cage? Yeah, ninety five was Nicolas Cage. Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is interesting. I don't know that I would. Out of all the Nicolas Cage movies, I would know that I would give it to him for that movie. I know why they did at the time. Right. Uh, well, let's. What? Uh, what? What are your favorite Anthony Hopkins performances, Travis? I mean, uh, obviously Hannibal Lecter is yeah. kind of an obvious yeah. one. I think that would have um, to be number one for me. I mean, this is up there, but that could just be recency bias. Uh, his Westworld performance is pretty good. Gotta give it up for Methuselah from Noah. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, Silence of the Lambs, a classic. World's Fastest Indian, also a classic. No, I'm just, no, I'm, I'm just goofing. Hearts of Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, so we do have a couple more opportunities to talk uh, Hopkins yeah. later on this podcast. So we don't have to go too crazy here because there's Red Dragon and Bad Company. Oh, Bad Company. Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, the Edge has one of the all-time funniest movie posters. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one. I do remember that one. With them both like grimacing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Elephant Man, sure. Mm-hmm. He's I done guess. a lot of yeah. terrible movies. Yeah. yeah, definitely later on. Yeah, like Noah. Uh, am I the only one that is kind of uh, interested in rewatching Fracture? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, you are. The only one. If Fracture was a movie that like people like were like, oh, that movie was actually like fun. I guess I would believe it based on what it is, mm-hmm. like that type of movie and starring hopkins and gosling yeah but i don't think anyone has reevaluated it so you would have to be the, the, <laughs> the guinea the pig start it yeah uh i think i feel like some people like that movie really? i mean i actually don't even think i liked it when it came out and i no. don't even know if i would like it now but it's again that kind of thing that because it doesn't get made anymore has a little bit of appeal 
Well, maybe we should move back on to Nixon. Talking Nixon. Okay. <laughs> it's a little daunting just because it's a three-hour... Where a, do you even really start? It's a beast of a movie. It is. Born in Yorba Linda. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, do, I do like that they actually uh, do something that doesn't happen in movies anymore, which is cast different actors to play younger versions of... <laughs> Nixon and right. not just like use CGI to de-age him, which is all they would do now. <laughs> Make it the audience look like a ten-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I would love that actually. Sounds awesome and horrifying at the same time. It's like the Hugh Grant Oompa Loompa. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that I saw that trailer for the first time before Barbie. Anyway, Nixon. Nixon. Uh. Well, yeah. Who are your favorite? Who are your standouts in this movie? Um, I think Joan Allen's great. She's good, yeah. Yeah. Hoskins is really good. <laughs> he's definitely chewing it up. Oh, yeah. He's chewing all the yeah. scenery. Uh, James Woods, I think, is pretty good. I think James Woods is fucking awesome in yeah. this movie. I mean, he's an asshole, and he's basically <laughs> what I am. Like, <laughs> the thing, is, thing about James Woods is, for, like, most of the 90s, mm-hmm. he basically is just playing a version of what you feel like is probably himself. Right. And, and like, man, I love James Woods, like, in this kind of, like, zone. Yeah. Uh, but that scene where Nixon is at the town hall meeting and he's taking questions from people and... The the guy goes off script. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. The African-American guy. They pan to him and he starts asking questions and James Woods... Uh, says some not very nice things yeah he says some racist stuff <laughs> yeah but like character. it's a great performance like yeah uh that's a kind of a funny scene yeah yeah i'd say the middle of the movie uh had like has some of the propulsive energy that jfk has um like that kind of momentum even though like there's not a whole like it, it there's it's just a drama like it's just about nixon's life at this point and his political career like it's not building up to any one moment kind of like jfk is um but it's still like kind of thrilling for some reason well okay here's an interesting while we're on Mm -hmm. the subject of james woods in this movie yeah so you and i had talked off mic about how oppenheimer is kind of Mm-hmm. reminiscent of like this movie and jfk yeah to to certain degrees mm-hmm. did you know that james woods is an executive producer on oppenheimer 2023 had no idea yeah yeah did I, you know I, that i learned that yeah uh, on, on the, the yeah, blank check yeah yeah, yeah. Huh. but yeah i i guess he had optioned the book or Got whatever it. way back and so probably around this time period huh uh well i think no i think the book came out in like oh five so oh was it that late yeah yeah like american Prometheus. apparently yeah. it was like a took like 20 years to research kind of thing yeah. yeah so like james woods probably if i had to guess like immediately like yeah optioned it or whatever got involved and bought the rights uh so for in order for nolan to get made i assume it just had to give right give him an executive producer credit and he probably is getting kickback from FD residuals yeah. yeah wow which sucks because Oppenheimer is like well, probably the best movie that's gonna come out this year. I mean, maybe something will beat it, but it's my favorite movie of the year so far. And uh, yeah, 
sucks knowing that James Woods is getting a cut of it. Yeah, we're all yeah. giving James Woods a few cents. Yeah. Yeah. And that shit adds up. Yeah. But that's a like kind of a thing I really liked about Oppenheimer is that it reminded me of movies that came out like back then, like these kinds of movies like Nixon and JFK. Mhm. And yeah. Uh, even it also kind of reminded me of The Insider to some degree. What? Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously Social Network. I'm sure a lot of people have compared it to that. Yeah, I can see yeah. all those. Yeah. Oh, great movie. But this isn't an Oppenheimer episode. This is a Nixon. Nixon, yeah. Running out of time. <laughs> we do have five minutes left to wrap up Nixon. Uh, Well, I mean, okay, so there's not really a lot we can say about Nixon. It's, it's a comprehensive look at... Yeah. A large chunk of his life with flashbacks. Yeah, to like his the youth. key, the key chapters. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is, it is a fairly exhaustive biography, and yeah, surprisingly sympathetic. Like maybe one of Oliver Stone's like more bolder, controversial <laughs> opinions that <laughs> right. Nixon was to kind of paint him more as like a human who's kind of caught up in these mechanisms yeah yeah like caught up in the system as opposed to like just a straight up bad dude yeah not every scene works for me i don't love the scene where he's like at the the lincoln memorial like talking to those students yeah that's That's, a little it's because mostly because i don't believe that that scene that like ever happened oh it couldn't have right yeah i don't believe that because he's like totally alone with like a bunch of vietnam protesters yeah and then, like, after five minutes, Secret Service is like, oh, sure, yeah. we got to take you away. I can almost guarantee you that didn't, never happened Yeah, uh, from what I understand. Um, but, yeah, like, certain scenes in this movie and in JFK, like, are completely fabricated, like, 100%. Um, that that scene, to me, like, kind of played more like... Uh, like just some like a manifestation that was something in his head or something of him being like a man of the people or whatever. right uh, which is interesting this movie does kind of play with certain like more dreamlike yeah things. especially like, the ending yeah like the whole last scene yeah and, and maybe it just i don't know Maybe there's a version of this movie that like plays that stuff up a little more. Like the mm-hmm. Sam Waterston scene is so good. Yeah. And you see his like eyes go all black when yeah. he's like looking at those like flowers. Yeah. Um, and it's such an eerie, eerie little touch. And mm-hmm. it's like and this guy is like that character is portrayed so evil in this movie. Like, yeah. out of all the evil people in this movie, that's, like, the person that Nixon thinks is, like, right. pure evil, you know? Yeah, and that's another thing that you could kind of draw comparisons to Oppenheimer with, like, the more psychological touches Yeah, that Nolan hasn't really even... I think Oppenheimer's a masterpiece. I think it's fucking amazing. It's pretty great. Um... But, uh, I mean, I do prefer JFK to Nixon. Yeah, I definitely I mean, it, do I mean, as it's, well. it's got a much more, like, rapid sort yeah, of it, propulsiveness it, like to it. Like I was it. thinking, yeah. or like I was saying, yeah, more momentum for sure. Yeah. More of, like, a conspiracy-fueled energy to it. It's more, put it plainly, it's, like, more fun. Yeah. Because it's, like, kind yeah. of, like... 
it's kind of like rolling around in, in mm-hmm. all the fucking nasty shit. It's like a pagan yeah. shit just yeah. rolling around in, in all the conspiracy theories that Oliver Stone has rattling around in his yeah. brain. Whereas this one is... It's more of just a giant psychological drama. Yeah. I still think this movie's quite good and i'd have to really look at a list but this might be i think nixon and jfk are my favorite movies of by oliver stone um uh nick or jfk being number one nixon being number two oh there's the timer well wrap up with final thoughts real quick but yeah uh i mean i do like you know platoon and wall street well enough but they're not in for me not really like my movies like I don't love him, I think, as much as other people do. Uh, Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I, I'm not a huge Oliver Stone guy, although I think he's an interesting filmmaker, yeah. for sure. Um, an important one, up mm-hmm. to a certain point, maybe. Up to a point. Yeah. Maybe um, up to Nixon, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I what mean, came after Nixon? Uh, Any Given Sunday. Yeah, I, after after Nixon, it, it's definitely career doldrums. But uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, JFK is the one. That's, yeah, that's the one. Um, and I think those movies like kind of hit all of his like little pet themes. What do you think his favorite movie of his is? JFK or Platoon? Because yeah, you know, it would have to be one of those two. Yeah, Vietnam. I mean, it could even be Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah. Because Vietnam is like his thing. That's yeah, you know, and that's everything you know about him. He said he voted for Nixon because Nixon said he would end the war. Travis, do you have a favorite Oliver Stone movie? Uh, yeah, it's gonna be JFK, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like Platoon and like Any Given Sunday's fun and yeah, but I'm I mean I'm not like in love with any of his movies. They're just yeah, a lot of good movies, yeah. but nothing insanely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what movie is, like, pretty bad that I watched some recently hmm. of Oliver Stone's? Uh, Natural Born Killers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm also not a Natural Born Killers guy. Uh, I, I had a tough time when I watched a little bit of that, like, a few months ago. That's funny because I feel like you and I are, my, like, big minorities on that. Maybe so, but... I did not have a very good time. <laughs> yeah, I'd never seen it, so I tried to watch it. I got like forty minutes in and it's, just stopped. I couldn't handle it. It's certainly a, it's it's something. Yeah, it's a style. He's doing something there. But yeah, no, I I, I like I do like Nixon, and I'm just interested in general in that time period. Uh, I'm looking at all your books, and I I can see that. <laughs> The Watergate Nixon section and your eighth grade project of Watergate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll go A minus on Nixon. Okay. Uh, I'd go B plus. Plus. Uh, I did read that Henry Kissinger thought Paul Sorvino's performance was very good, hmm. or like a very good impression of him. <laughs> Henry Kissinger, one of the worst Oof, people in Yeah, I don't know how I feel about him liking... Or mankind. Liking this movie or something about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, most of the people in this movie, from what I heard, were not happy with how they were portrayed. I couldn't believe. imagine. Maybe... maybe <laughs> what are, <laughs> when did Nixon die? 
94, I think. Okay, so he never saw this. Yeah, he wouldn't have ever seen it. Yeah. So he might have been like, pretty good. <laughs> Nixon's voice. Uh, yeah, so we did it. We talked about five movies in under under three hours. Uh, well, thank you, Travis, for being here. I know you yeah. didn't watch Nixon and didn't have a, yeah. a lot. To... Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you might like Nixon. Uh, if I ever have, like, four hours to kill, maybe I'll... <laughs> break it up i think yeah the movie is like not episodic but like almost like chapter based like you were saying yeah that you can you could stop watching it and then resume the next night or whatever and you'd be fine they'll do like a hateful eight chapter section yeah yeah Yeah. well well i think we all have to get up early in the morning so we should probably end the episode thank you so much for listening everybody this has been 2002 a film odyssey home video edition Mm mm-hmm and uh, we'll be back on our next episode with a proper episode. Mm-hmm. Dan and I will be talking about Sorority Boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Uh, adios. Bye-bye. Travis, do you have a sign-off? Toodles. Oh, that's there the classic go. Travis. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye-bye.